G'day legends, we're back in the studio once again. Uh, unfortunately, young Blair is sitting this one out with the coronavirus, so he's sitting at home giving the internet a good old workout. Uh, but that's okay, we soldier on uh, in his absence. we got an absolute legend on tonight, um, Dale Britton, one of WA's most formidable uh, MX riders and Australia's you know, legendary MX rider. So we've been trying to get this one teed up for a while now, so super stoked to get it going. Uh, but before we get into tonight's episode, we will run through a few Sponos. First cab off the ranks, we got 50-50 Productions. Uh, this is your man for all your edits. He uh, does photo packages at all the state rounds that he attends, so make sure you uh, get in touch, get yourself booked in. Um, any little edits, videos, media, podcasts, producing, you name it, he can do it. Uh, fantastic calves too, and he pulls. We got Empire Cycles, your home of specialised Rocky Mountain, Forbidden Bike Co., um, heaps of accessories. They've got a full dedicated suspension centre, um, and they are chasing staff. Repeat, if you want to join the Dream Team, you can join Empire Cycles now. Go in the store, drop off your resume or call them and get their email address. I'm assuming it's something, empirecycles at something.com. Um Hit them up. They're chasing staff. Join the dream team. It's such a sick place to be at, um, and you'll learn a lot off Jared too. So um, thank you very much, Empire Cycles. We've got the underclass uh, available online north of the river at West Coast Motorcycles and south of the river at Empire Cycles. Um, we've got Smarter Outdoors. They're doing a um, Easter 20% off, aren't they, the underclass? Yeah. Yep, I'm getting nods. I'm getting nods from across the room. We'll take that. Underclass, 20% off for Easter. If not, screw you, creature. You're giving 20% off. Uh, we got uh, Smarter Outdoors, um, Outdoor Blinds, and Roller Shutters. Ben Carsadine does an absolutely fantastic job. He's setting up his uh, new workshop uh, north of the river um, and he's in full production. These guys do a fantastic job. None of the bullshit games that like some of the competitors play. Just give you a quote. Measures up, gives you a quote, you say yes, he knocks them out, done, beautiful. Mention the Beers and Bikes show for, um, was it 250 bucks off each outdoor blind and $200 off roller shutters? Yep. Uh, we've got Elite Automotive Care, your home for vehicle detailing, uh, protection packages, ceramic coatings, uh, poly coats, all that paint correction, you name it, they do it. Uh, follow them on Insta and Facebook. We've got Concept Coating Design Co., your home of Cerakote in West Australia, uh, laser engraving, uh, it's just about settled in in his new place in O'Connor. Give him a call. Follow him on the socials. Uh, race season is upon us now. Get all your trick bits coded and protected um, for the, the race season ahead. Uh, hit him up. Tell him the beers and bike show sent you. He'll sort you out. We have got West Effects, your home of all printing, wrapping, stickering, vinyls, sticker kits, you name it, they will do it. Um, look. As far as iconic West Australian brands go, West Effects is right up there. You know, we don't even have to say how good of a job they do because you all know how good they are. Um, get yourself looking good. There's no no reason this day and age why you should look like a spud out there. Get your bike looking good. Um, yeah, hit them up. Tell them the Beers and Bike Show send you. They'll sort you out. We've got Caradale Meats. Uh, these long weekends away, uh, camping, racing, having fun, getting on the froths. Uh, you need some stuff to throw on the barbie. So hit up um, Caradale Meats via the Instagram page. Uh, give him a message and just say you want to buy a meat pack and Rob Tomio will sort you out. Uh, with that meat, you will need some drinks to accompany that. So get Rolly Stone Brewing Co. onto it. Um, Adam Casotti, thank you so much for coming on board. Old Mate Gingers, 
I don't need to tell you how damaging they are uh, in the best possible way. Um, yep, hit them up. Uh, available at Celebrations, I believe. Um, or you can pick them up from Carrot. Uh, where are they? Where's that place called? Not quite Rolly Stone. Not quite Armadale. Carrie Gullen. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah, available from pick up from Carrie Gullen. But follow them on the socials. Hit them up. They'll get you sorted. Uh, we've got Perth, Husqvarna and Gas Gas. Uh, Mr. Zwick. Uh, thank you so much for coming on board. Had a fantastic showing at the York Motorcycle Show. Um, had a few bikes, bikes on display there. Um, huge amounts of stock on hand. So don't, you know, don't waste your time shopping around. Just go in there. He will have a bike to suit. Sort you out with the best price possible. Uh, and tons of accessories too. So it, literally your one-stop shop for uh, everything you need, Moto. Uh, Propolite uh, and Munster Motor Trimmers. Um, mate, it's just... The seat cover that does damage. That's all you can say. Um, available in any sort of color set that you want. You can, you know, you can mix it up and do all that. If you've got any like automotive trimming, um, any of that sort of stuff, hit them up. Follow him on the socials. Uh, he's been a long, long, long time supporter of the industry. So make sure you make sure that they're your first port of call. Uh, on Mechanical and Mobile, uh, you go to for vehicle uh, servicing south of the river. Um, it, Based in Byford, but you know he's mobile around that South River area. Uh, TD Modular Granny Flats. Uh, Mr. Pigden is back in the sprint car again after a massive crash at Quinana uh, a couple of months back. Um, so stoked to have him on board. They do some fantastic stuff, industry leading designs, um, and like you're seeing it all the time at the moment with crazy delays on building and supply issues and all that sort of shit. Um, he's got stuff on hand, so he can knock you out a new house in half the time that the builders can. Um, so hit him up for all your building needs. That's TD Modular Granny Flats. we got Oyster Ceilings, Josh, where? Every job's a perler. I you you had to scramble for your microphone <laughs> then. Didn't you? Mic on just that, then. That was awesome. Um, we got Maxis Tire uh, Australia and Motorex Australia. Don McGrath, thank you so much for coming on. Um, keeps you – it's – Kind of an ironic dual sponsorship, that one, because one gets you really sticky to the ground and the other one lubes you up. Um, we also have um, – now, look, I know in the past the Beers and Bike Show has proven to be uh, somewhat jovial and sometimes we might be a little bit silly or we might not be the most serious mob out here. But one thing we do not take lightly is negligence to sponsors. So Leon Brindle – from everyone but Josh, we apologise because we missed you out on the last, I think the last two episodes. So uh, Bridgestone Select, uh, Cannington and Midland, we're coming into the wet season. The roads are crap and wet and oily and stuff. Throw some boots on the car, um, even if it's just because we forgot to say Just go down there and just say, look, we feel bad for you. We're buying tyres off you. Um, but honest to God, it's the only thing that keeps your car and the road together. So without shit t- with shit tyres, your car just won't stop. So Bridgestone Select, Cannington and Midland, uh, make sure you get down there, see them, say day, and uh, throw a set of boots on the car. We really hope you enjoy this one, guys. We really do. Absolute legend. Um, we'd love your feedback on it too. Peace.
G'day legends, we're back in the studio with another action-packed episode of the Beers and Bike Show. I'm Dave Bake and I'll be your host, joined by WA's favourite sweep rider, Charlie Creech. And we have our production lord, 50-50 Productions, Josh Parker on the mic today. And unfortunately, Blair is sitting this one out with the Roni. Uh, boys, how are we? Feeling good, good mate. mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. We're bloody just get a full family back in the studio and then... Someone drops dead. Nah, kissing uh, too many boys. Uh, that's, that's, what he, that's what he told me anyways. Yeah, no good. Porn arm, it'll get you. <laughs> um, boys, we've got a very, very special episode tonight. Uh, we are joined by a national champion, a 10-time state champion, a very successful businessman, and an MWA Hall of Fame inductee, an all-around good guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Dale Britton. Hey, guys. How you going, mate? Hey, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. How do you feel in the studio? Fine. Good? Yeah, great. He, yeah, he's ready to go. He's eh? ready to rock, yeah. eh? Well, he has. He's been waiting for an hour and a half for you to rock up. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I'm drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. Got to be done, eh? It's all part of the plan, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Get there. He'll be primed we'll up. We'll get him. Just, yeah, chokes out, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, hey, mate, good? Yeah, good. Yeah, busy. I've been super excited about this one. Yeah, yeah this has been requested. Very highly requested. anticipated. One of the most common names we get messaged through to us uh, that they want on the show um, so we're very, very stoked and he's to here. Um, yeah, we're his ears in the studio in the flesh. Um, mate, you have had an extremely uh, successful career uh, in a in an era of uh, motocross that was uh, highly contested. You know, it uh, it was action packed. The tracks were rough, the bikes were gnarly, and the competition was fierce. Um, where do we start? Where do we start on such a successful career? Where did it all begin? Were well, you born on a dirt bike? No, not really. Um, well, my dad uh, used to race speed cars when he was younger and um, I have three older brothers and an older sister. So sort of that progressed with uh, dad racing speed cars, putting the boys on bikes and um, being the youngest. I think I started at about five and a half on a um, mini trail 50 in the back gravel car park of Kaya. Dad used to be a car dealer. Yep. So um, – yeah, and then pretty much um, we were raised in Rockingham, so there was a the local track was the RKMCC, the Rock and Quinana Motorcycle Club. So you know it was pretty big turnouts. Everyone used to go there, and a lot of guys used to ride their bikes there uh, on the corner of Anasav and Safety Bay Road. Yeah, I didn't so, even know that was a thing. Yeah, and um, yeah, so and it was quite funny because back then too there was always a bonfire after the. Event everyone used to drink and then ride their dirt bikes back home. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yes, we like to do that. Yeah, dark. we've never done that. No. Yeah, so it was uh, pretty funny. But yeah, pretty much uh, just started riding as a young kid there, and my brothers, and then um, yeah, and then uh, I suppose I didn't really know there was other events out there because I thought you know just racing your local local was it. Yep. So and then uh, got invited to do a couple of. Races in uh, like the state championships, and then realised, hey, this is pretty cool. There's how did that come about? Who? How did you get involved uh, with that? There was a, I think there was a kid called Mark. Um, oh, I can't remember his surname. He was from Orange. Used to race the Orange Grove track, and they came down and um, rode the a club day, and probably wasn't a big sand rider. And then because uh, I suppose my local track, you know, backwards yep. said, hey, you got to start coming up and doing some state rounds and opens, you know, there's a whole new world out there. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of went from there and thought this is pretty cool and um, started doing other events. But, you know, I wasn't sort of – I was winning the local track, but when you get up there in the 
into a different world. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You realise, yeah. hey, these, there's a lot of fast guys up here. Especially Wanneroo. That that was a Wanneroo Mini Club was really big. Yep. So there's a lot of fast guys there, and yes. king, king of your little sand pit, and then you go out in the big wide world, and it's a bit of a rude awakening, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And all these names that you think, wow, you know, like there was a big name back then, like Dean Nickerson. He was, uh, you know, national champion. Um, AJ Welsh, Terry Knock, all these guys. You thought, man, they're they're huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah, it was that's I suppose where it started, and then uh, you know it, uh, you got to work hard from there if you want something out of it. So were you racing on that fifty? No, or, or no. Uh, I probably didn't start going there till I was on it. Uh, till I was probably twelve. You know, on a, yeah. Okay. On a YZ80. Can I just ask one question? Did you cry when you got to Wanneroo Juniors? Because we've had no. Dan Porter, Lewis <clears throat> Kelvin say that they quit after I. No. Well, he comes from heavy sand, so he's probably going to be our first guest that didn't cry. Yeah, fair bump. No. Oh, they made him tougher back then too. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I don't think <laughs> I. I don't think bitch. I cried. <laughs> But uh, I probably did. Who knows? I can't remember. <laughs> a few too many trips over the bars. Um, so, so how long did it take you to find your racing feet? Oh, uh, probably probably at about the age of, um, I suppose, 12, 13, when uh, my brother Kim used to help me a lot. Uh, he used to work at the local bike shop in Rockingham and um, used to ride himself and he found a guy – that could take me riding every day after school for four or five days a week. And, um, yeah, as usual, more laps, better you get. So yep. then I started sort of finishing up there in the 85 class and, um, well, I was actually 80. And then I rode a 100 as well, a YZ100, which was the biggest bucket of crap you've ever ridden. <laughs> <laughs> Air-cooled 100 against um, the big wheel, Suzuki 85, so pretty fast, water-cooled. Yep. And um, <clears throat> they were – they were pretty much smoking that that YZ hundred, so it was either ride a YZ eighty and a Suzuki eighty five big wheel in that hundred class, or just go straight to senior tracks, which was called the RLH restricted license holders. So you could be age thirteen and uh, fourteen and fifteen and ride senior tracks. Yeah, right. And then when you're sixteen, you could hop on the you're a senior. Then yeah. Yep. So yep. I just made that jump and got straight off the. 85 and 100, 80 and 100 and went on to a 125 and um, – Done pretty well, didn't you? Yeah, well, I was probably lucky first year. Um, I rode – I was six – yeah, 16 and a couple of the fast guys from juniors. They, oh, I did that they, jump up. Yeah, they yeah. they um, they turned 16. So, so yeah, I was so, um, I was 14 and uh, I ended up winning that first year and then I won again the second year. State title. Yeah, Backed it up. That's not yeah, bad, eh? Yeah. Five, yeah. Oh, we'll just have a crack and then a couple yeah. titles, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, my bike's too slow. I better step up. Yeah. Two state titles later, eh? Yeah. Not a bad <laughs> way to do it. No, not at all. Yeah, well, I had some help in the first year. We've got a few guys pulling out. Nah, you got to <laughs> nah, be there. Hey, you got to be, be in it to win it. Yeah, and I think it, then it progressed from there. Um, then I turned 16 and rode um, – well, actually, yeah, then I rode 125s and 250s the first year when I was 16. What yeah. was the thought process then after like two state titles of like where you're thinking, all right, I'm pretty damn good, I'm ready to tackle no. whatever comes my way or were you still had a fair respect for the process and finding your feet and, and Yeah, I don't, I don't think you really – I don't think I really thought much about, you know, the future. I just thought, you know, having just fun. Yeah. Just, a, just, just a kid, kid riding yeah, yeah. local WA motocross yep. thought, you know, yeah, this is pretty cool, winning some races, but, you know – it's still small in the scheme of things, you know. I was still 
reading magazines, looking at all the heroes over east. Yep. Um, and then um, I think when I was uh, yeah when I was sixteen, I did a couple of events over east just to try and um, break break over. Yeah, there. break yeah. out, put yep. your foot in the into the big pool and uh, see how you go because because um, uh, I won and then I won that. When I was sixteen, I won the state championship one hundred five. Then and the, and second in the two fifty. Yep. Um. So I thought, well, yeah, probably things are looking pretty good. I'll try and uh, get a ride over east if I can. And it was always hard from WA because you're miles away. You're a sand groper. Um, stepping over there onto the different soil, different ruts, bumps. You know, and those guys are pretty fast. Big bigger population, so yeah. You turn up, and everyone seems fast. You know, you you shitting yourself when you get there. Yeah. So in the like the late eighties, um, did people know anyone that was racing WA? Were you like, were you even a? Uh, not oh, they'd had they'd still had some really big motocross events here. Um, of course, yeah. yeah. Manjimup yep. was Manji, always a big yeah, big yep. one, and King of the Cross at yep. Southern Cross. That was. Um, that was kind of nearly like Manjum up, so a lot of lot of fast guns would come come to that event. Um, they had a big sand event at the Harley track near the airport. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah called, I've heard about it. Yeah, called yeah. the Harley Scramble. Yeah, yeah. yeah they'd um, that was they'd get a few few fast guys over for that. So they had probably three or four um, big events that eventually faded away. Besides Manji, so were those meetings sort of crucial to showcase what you could do, like? in front of the teams and stuff like that that came over or still not really a thought? Yeah, I was still pretty young then. So um, so at 16 I, I rode the um, 125 and 250 class and then when I was 17 I decided to ride all three classes, the 105, 250 and 500. In one day? Yeah, that was pretty tough. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. Here we are, 20 minutes. Oh, it's so fucking hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I don't know how I did it. Yeah, because I was a really skinny kid. And um, so it was funny because you had three 15 minute motos on each class. So my brother, my brother would, I'd get off the one two five. He'd be in the start line on the, holding the two fifty oh, so straight away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then I'd get off the two fifty, and he'd be on the start line holding the five hundred. So you'd have nine races. For yeah, but who was there to pick you up off the bike and yeah. put you onto the other Jesus. one? Jesus. Hey? So. Um, no yes. wonder you're so skinny. You probably didn't uh, get time to eat all day, eh? Yes. Yeah, it was. I think when you're that young, though, you got natural energy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was you know nine motos for the day, and um, and then I I actually went and did the national titles over east and rode all three classes that year. At the one round at um, I was in Newcastle. It was a lakes. Yeah. Lakes, was yeah, it? Yeah. It was, that was horrible. It's like, fucking. I'm glad we, we yeah we're mutual here. Yeah, it was. It I was took out so- creatures mutual hopes for for uh, eastern states tracks. Yeah, that uh, was. It's tough. just like it's like rocky, like white rocky clay, like oh, like clay bundies under the it. Back. Did it have the obviously a big hill? Yeah, it was um something I'd never experienced. So I feel you. And that was um because I that year in uh, eighty six, I think it was the eighty six. Yeah, uh, I won the one five again. That was like four in a row, and then I got second, fifty, and second of five hundred. So um, there was a team over there called the Pro Cycle Yamaha team. Yep. yep. Um, which uh, they had mini bike riders on the team. It was a pretty big team, and um, there was a guy from WA who was a really good junior called Richie Rose from Esperance, and he was I think multiple mini bike champion and stuff. And he was riding on that team, uh, but he wasn't having a great year and. Um, 
they said, look, if you come over and ride well at that event, um, you'll take his ride next year. So I think pretty much one moto, uh, I did really well in the 105 and ran in the top four. So that kind of got me a ride for 87. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's sick. So, um, but pretty much when I moved there, there was like nowhere to live. Yeah. And I just rolled up. Nice. There's, there's your bike. There's your gear. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's half the fun though, isn't it? Like, so, yeah. so what's to go? Were you out of a van? Or? Well, yeah. So mum and dad didn't have a lot of money. We weren't. Um, you know, which is a shame because I think you know helps if your parents have got a lot of coin. To yeah, definitely. Yeah. Everything it's a head start. But um, well, so uh, I met Leesky because we lived in Rockingham and his parents had a holiday house at Safety Bay. So when he came back from um, from America, he was racing uh, in '86. He was a factory support for Honda. Yep, and did pretty well. And um, so he had a factory ride for Yamaha. His first factory ride in '87. And um, we were jet, we become friends jet skiing during summer, and um, we hung out every day and just become good mates. And we both had a really good interest in jet skiing. So, um, in of '86, he said to me, "Well, look, um, I had my ride teed up for '87," and he said, "Why don't you come back with me?" It was about October '86. Come back and you can train with me for four months because I was going to go uh, February '87 to yep. Sydney. He said, "Come back, I'll buy a bike." Was this the United States? Um, yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, to California, come back, um, train with me, hang out with me, we'll ride and train together and then, yeah, have some fun. What were you thinking when you asked you that? I was like, man, Jeff Lease, when Jeff Lease asked a kid, yeah. Back yeah. Then, it's like, I'll sell the house. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to house, I'll do anything. So, yeah, yeah actually. It's a massive Yeah, they won't know yeah. about it, but I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had a I had a HQ that I took my first loan out with because uh, I was 17, sold that. Um and mind you, the dollar was sixty three cents then, so it didn't go far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it would we, have helped hurt to sell that thing too. Eh? Yeah, well, I didn't care. At the time, Probably hurt yeah. more now, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was to go, you know, to go to America and 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 train with you know Jeff Lee's factory rider was a kid's dream come true. Yeah, so yeah. amazing. Yeah, and he was living with Eddie Lawson at the time, which was he was I think three time world five hundred yep. road racing champion then. So that was that was a good buzz. Not that I was into road bikes much, but just to have someone like that around would be fucking. Yeah, it was, it did was you good. have much interaction? Like, did you hang out at all? Yeah, he was, and that was his off season when um, when we got there. So he was a great guy. Normal as you know, us sitting here and humble as anything. Yeah, used to um, had a garage that was as big as it was probably a, a five hundred square meter garage. You know, full of toys, mountain bikes, road road bikes. Uh, like heaps of road bikes as well as cycling bikes, yep. um, big boat in there, like everything. He had toys galore. So, but he'd come cycling with us and running with us and, and loved it. And he was just a normal bloke, loved his wrestling. You had to wrestle with him too. Yeah, right. So, to get uh, in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to get to the fridge, eh? You yeah. got to battle him for it, eh? <laughs> Mate, you earned that beer. Yeah. So he's actually, his garage was bigger than his house, actually. It was only a small house. Um, I think that's the dream. every man's dream. The dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, that was pretty cool and uh, got there, rolled up and um, actually I nearly didn't get into the States because I've just been a dumbass kid from Rocco. I filled out the um, customs card wrong. Oh, that went better than I thought. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no, no. I had um, this big African-American security customs guy just two hours drilling me in the um, office and um, I probably just filled out, yeah, I'm going racing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> not a good thing to say. Fuck yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, – 
Yeah, so I nearly didn't get there and then I walked out and thought, oh, I couldn't find Leesky. I thought, oh, man, first day in this massive LA airport. I was nearly crying then actually. Just lost. Yeah, but he got held up in traffic so – he was later than me, so <laughs> and there was no mobiles. Back yeah, then. no yeah, cell phones, no mobiles. Yeah. So I'm um, trying to change some Aussie dollars and you know ring this number I had, uh, random number in a phone box, and then all of a sudden I seen Leesky walking down the corridor. But, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was pretty cool, and then um, yeah, then I went from there, and then basically I um, never trained so hard in my life. You know, I thought I thought I was a good little runner till I um, started training with him. What he put you through the ringer, did he? Every day you'd like, yeah, wake up, run or a cycle, come home, two 30-minute motos, back to the gym again that night, racquetball or, you know, weights yeah. or something. So, yep. yeah. Um, five, six days a week? Pretty much every day, yeah. yeah right. Besides the weekends if he's racing or um, I did some local races. But, yeah, and, yeah, we rode, we rode 21 days straight. Like, oh, yeah, right. that was that yeah, is a boot camp. Twenty-one day straight doing thirty-minute motors. That's hard. Yeah, that was that was pretty hard. But it was it was a really good apprenticeship. Like it, it couldn't have worked out better. So when uh, after four months when I left, I was home one week and then um, to see family and friends. And then uh, my old man bought me a just a pile of junk, old high ace. Um, had to get advertised for someone to share the cost. To Sydney, so I had no money left. Um, drove over in forty-two degree heat all the way there with the car overheating. Oh, and the, um, the heater on. Oh yeah, it was it was about eighty k, eighty kilometers an hour across the Nullarbor on hot. Oh. Um, so yeah, so then I had a just had a road map, like a big road map to yeah. get to get to um, to get to Pro Cycles in Hornsby, and that's where the shop was that, that I was had to ride out of, and uh, rolled up there. Um, like I think five o'clock in an afternoon, they were closing the shop, <laughs> and they just said, "There's your bike, there's your gear." See, see you later. They closed the shop, went home, and so I slept in the. I had nowhere to live at that stage, but I didn't care. I thought I'm here, you know. Yeah, yeah. This is the you big smoke. Yeah, yeah, this is this is where you, every kid dreams of. So, um, got to give it a crack. And then I slept in the van for the first two nights out the back of the shop in the car park. And just you know, after the first night, just said, "Where's the the local track?" And that was um, Dargle. Down Lowell Mountains, so uh, did some motos there and come home, cleaned the bike, slept in the van again, and then um, one of the uh, kids that was on the team at the time, he was a kid, Matthew Maladden, who ended up being, I think, 10-time US Superbike champion. Jesus, okay. Yeah. Um, they had a farm, uh, well, not a farm, but 200 acres or something like that, that, that down about an hour and a half from Sydney, uh, down past Campbelltown called Oakdale. So he oh, said, yeah. "He said, where are you living? And I said, in the van at the moment. He said, well, come and stay at my place. Um, I've got a, uh, a fact, well, a pro rider then, James Deacon, was riding for Mulberry Yamaha, and I knew him already because um, I did a couple of little trips over east before. Yep. And uh, he said, he's living down there as well, so you can come and um, live with us and there's a track on the property and thought, yeah, great. It's nice up there too, eh? Yeah, it was good um, down the country, but, you know, there was I hardly had any money, so you know you had and meeting, you know, and it was a lot of supercross. There was, wasn't a lot of motocross, you know. The, pretty much the entire time, what ten years I was over there, was majority supercross. So you're pretty much going to these meetings and trying to learn supercross, earn a little bit of coin, and then um, hopefully got enough fuel money to get home. Yeah. Um. Going back to America, did you do any of like the night races and that over there? No, I just did the Golden State Series. Yep. So uh, we're a lot of 
lot of the factory guys, because I think they started about, shit, my memory, oh, November or something, December, and they went uh, for about eight weeks yep. um, all over California. And um, so it was like a national round. There's that many riders Yeah, yeah I've read up about it. Like, yeah. It was huge. It was, yeah. Like the pre-season, eh, for the big pretty boys. Pretty much, yeah. <clears throat> Mate, because hundreds everyone of riders. was there too, eh? Yeah, hundreds yeah. of riders, all the factory riders, factory support. Um, and Suzuki was massive back then too. If you bought a Suzuki, they had massive contingency money. So um, it was unbelievable. You could just – if you got a – Tenth, you know, on a two fifty, you know, you could earn a two or three hundred bucks. Yeah. So the the contingency program was huge. So, uh, did you get any of that free Yamaha or no? Nah, um, when I was there. Yeah. No, nah, well, Jeff, it was nice enough. He bought me a bike. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what I what I did get to use though was um, when you went to the Yamaha factory, there was a. Um, a massive box of um, used parts. So the, the factory riders would just use a sprocket Sick. for one meeting, uh, plastics, they'd just go on this big bin. So the uh, support riders could grab all that and use it. Um, the rules every day. <laughs> yeah, 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 punching on could, Well, there was that much in there. Like you could just grab it and use it for spare. So yeah, yeah. it was good. So I could stock up on some plastics and sprockets and all that. Yeah, so that's that, weird. That that's helped. so yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was pretty cool riding the Golden State Series because you got to see a lot of the factory riders back then. Excuse me, uh, Ricky Johnson, uh, Bailey, David Bailey, um, mate, Johnny O'Mara, Jeff Ward, Ron Lachine. You know, all, these, all the names. These, these yeah. Were, yeah, and lining up against them. My first race I lined up against, I had Johnny O'Mara next to me. And you turned the fuel off? Surely. <laughs> you should have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty bizarre. It was That's uh, unbelievable, gnarly, eh? yeah. And, uh, you know, coming from just a kid from Rockingham, next minute you're, you're lining up next to these guys. And one of the races was where I was in the same practice um, as David Bailey when he did that little double and um, came off and became a paraplegic. Yeah, right. Quad, whatever. Fuck. Yes, yeah, so that was pretty, pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then about – the la- I think they don't do all the la- the last three or four rounds because it's getting close to the start of the Supercross season, so they're they're um, testing for Supercross. Yeah, but they do the the motocross just to stay know, fit, keep their active. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Get the bike time. Yeah, um, but so much. That would have been so so gnarly, many fast eh? riders. You don't even know their names, and you know, like they're really fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but back then, like Ricky Johnson and all that would have been like multi-time AMA champions. Yeah, he yeah. was huge. Yeah. You know, he was the, the steward. The Hollywood. Carmichael. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. He was the man. Pretty so. intimidating just coming over from Rocco, doing a three-week training course and then uh, so, all right, line That's up. That's so sick. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, How did you go? Uh, qualified for some of them, probably, probably about the seven I did or eight I did, I probably qualified for half of them. Yep. Like. It's a you need to start. Yeah, but you yeah. were still young then, hey. So you were yeah, what, I was still pretty green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I turned eighteen there. I yeah. turned eighteen in October when I got there. Sweet. But um, yeah, like there's that many fast riders, and you know, local guys that can ride that that ride that track all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. You know? So yeah, if you don't get a good start in that qualifier, you you got no chance. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, good fun and uh, and an eye opener and um, what it elevated your. Uh, level of riding, just being um, surrounded by that level. Oh man! You know Imagine I mean? coming yeah. back home yeah. to you know dusty old Wanneroo and be like, hmm, "Fuck yeah. this guy!" Yeah. I've just yeah. been next was, to Rick Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> massive learning. Curve. Yeah. Oh, it was, uh, but it was a really good um, start, you know, for when I got over east because 
you know, really got to learn how to train properly. Yep. And um, put you in the right headspace yeah, and, so and when attitude I, and that. Yeah. So when I got over east, I was racing 105 straight up. That was – and there was no money in 105, you know. Uh, you had to start somewhere and that was, you know, like doing lights, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so it was good because I pretty much jumped straight into the top three in the 105s yep. when I got there. Um, and then uh, the year after, the second year I was there, I think I did 105 and 250. But you had to, you know, there, was, there wasn't a lot of money around them because uh, the sport had gone for a bit of a lull around that sort of 87, 88. A lot of sponsors pulled out. Is this um, like – Wall Street crash sort of era. Yeah, yeah, and um, so it was it was pretty hard to get much support out of a lot of teams. Yep. Um, so and you know, like motocross, it's always struggled for spectators. Uh, so that's why uh, it was pretty much Supercross all the time. So I had to learn how to ride Supercross. And as I was saying to you guys before we started here, like, um, you know, you roll up and you got your you Craig Dax, your Glenn Bell, all these guys that mate, are super fast, good, you know, on Supercross, and you finally get to jump every obstacle, the triples, and then, um, then you got to try and do it every lap and fast. Yeah, start know. putting some speed and, down and, to and, it. and twenty laps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you know, when I got there, I finally started. You know, I'm jumping everything now. I've got to do it properly, fast. And, and the tracks then, like you watch the videos, looked. Gnarly, wild, like yeah. wild, like peaky, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like a video game, eh? Like yeah. vertical to yeah. vertical to just flat turn. Now, like even worse than AMA, like there was uh, peaked up, like trying. No, that's what I said. Yeah, like a video game, yeah. like yeah. vertical. There was a, probably a lot of race, a lot of supercross tracks that were probably gnarlier than some of the supercross tracks in America. Yeah, um, sorry. super techie, eh? Big triples though. Like, yeah, you see the up ramp, you don't see the the rest of the the other two. But um, so, how do you? Do that? Did you just follow someone in, or were you just like seventeen, uh, of, eighteen, and just like, oh well, send yeah. it? Well, a lot of the times too, you'd, you'd watch the fast guys, and then you'd hook in behind them, yep. uh, especially on the triples and stuff, and get a toe s- in, see what they're, how hard they're hitting it, how they're hitting it, and then yeah, you just got to bomb it and land, yeah, either land short or land too far. Probably too far is way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Supercross is. I used to love it. It's uh, it was so much fun, um, especially racing at night. Traveling with all the boys all the time. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was really good fun. After your first sort of crack at it, you know, maybe your first season of it or whatever, did you then go into the next seasons and you sort of you could just gauge yourself as to how how to hit things for the first time as far as like yeah. track layouts and stuff. I used, I used to find once I started getting a lot better and and sort of finishing top five in Supercross after a few, you know four, first four years, um, even with the outdoor tracks, uh, the, the the soils different, ruts are different. Bumps different, you know. You're still trying to learn. Were they indoor or outdoor? Uh, the supercrosses were always. Uh, there was a uh, probably four, uh, probably six indoors a year. And they yep. were really small. That was hard. And Super then, tight, eh? Yeah, eight riders in the final, only yep. eight gates. Um, it's pretty much t-boning someone to get past. Yeah. Uh, was then, that part then, of the same series, or was it the indoors uh, and outdoors? Well, Phil Christensen, he was a major promoter who ran the. Peter Jackson series. So that was mostly indoors yep. and a few outdoors. Um, John Fenton, he's a WA guy. He used to run the Bunbury Speedway Supercrosses back in the early days. He used to do a lot of outdoors. Um, Stadium stuff. Uh, in speedways, uh, yep. showgrounds, yeah, showgrounds, okay. yep. just bring the dirt in, build the track. Yep. Uh, so they both did a mixture. We probably used to race 20, 25 Supercrosses a year. Jesus. Oh, and man. did they get yeah. spectators? 
some if it's raining they Obviously lose money not. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and anywhere from the indoors were always pretty bankable for Christo as we used to call him because you know you'd fill Sydney two nights in a row 12 to 15,000 yeah yeah he, he used to make some good coin outdoors was always a gamble and you know, especially when you go on a race, there's so many country towns you raced in, you know, Dubbo, yeah, yep. Tamworth, Gunnada, uh, way out west in New South Wales, and you'd roll up in this town, even a local guy would be doing a Supercross yeah, or yeah. the club, you know. So if it was promoted well, they could draw, draw a bit of a crowd in, but, you know, it was it was hard sometimes because uh, they'd only get sometimes three, four, 3,000 people, yeah, which yeah. is not a lot. Um, was that uh, relatively <clears throat> better income for you? Then racing uh, well, like one two five motocross. Yeah, there was nothing in motocross. Yeah. Mo- motocross was it was terrible. Yeah, like, okay. um, I remember rolling up to uh, in uh, ninety ninety three and ninety four. I rode with Glenn Bell on Team Honda, and we they had about I think a three or four four round series, and we rolled up to Broadford. I don't know if you've ever been to Broadford. Uh, Creechie. I live well fifteen minutes from there. The fucking worst track. <laughs> Mate, it was, it was horrible. It's How many worst tracks yeah. are there? Uh, yeah. Mm. Dale knows. What, what made it bad? Ledges and it like the dirt dries out and it goes like powdery, just oh. dusty shit. <clears throat> Moon dust. And like. then when it's muddy, it's the muddiest yeah. track you've ever been to. Yep. Like you pick your bike up. You can't even pick – if you crash – Nine yeah, times out of ten, you're done. So yeah, like very undulating. Itself to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Big, there's some nice hills there. Like it's – a sick track. Um, it's actually owned by um, Victoria, like the MWA. MA, yeah. yeah, MA, yeah. yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, they've revamped it a little bit, but. Whew. So, like, the, eleva- never- the elevation, the straights, the turns, is that sick, but the dirt's horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, Rog. It's, uh, um, so, anyway, we rolled up to this, I think it was the first or second round of the Australian Motocross Champions, and, um, man, it was, like, for an, for a national round, it was disgusting. There was tyres laying on the track. No one had prepped it. Um, it was dry, ledgy. For a national. Um, a national round. It was embarrassing. Oh, and um, and <laughs> so they, someone said, you need to water the track. So I don't know who, but put like three hoses on the track and left them there all day. Yes. Oh. So you, you, you went from – Ledges and dust <laughs> into about forty feet, three times around the track, forty feet of a bog hole. Mud, yeah, yeah, and Just it, it was fest. unbelievable. And everyone, we had to go to Tassie the next week for this another round, and everyone had blisters that bad, the worst they've ever had in their hands from yeah. Broadford. I remember seeing one spectator on the fence up top of the hill. Yeah, it, so honestly, that was man. that it's was like motocross. A pretty sick track when you look at it and you're walking it. You're like, well, oh, this is going to be sick. And then you ride it and you're like, mm. <laughs> yeah. no, not me. too good. <laughs> Creatures tech tip straight in the van. Eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a start at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah. Up you around go up, top left. It, yeah, left yeah. and then a hooker right. I think it was left, left and right as you come oh, down, yeah, a bit yeah. of a double. But, um, yeah, so motocross, you can see why there wasn't a lot of money invested in it because it just didn't draw any crowd. It, yeah. No one wanted to put effort in. Supercross was you could get a crowd. It was a show. Two-hour show, um, especially with his great racing with those jumps too. Like someone's yeah. casing, that's a show. Yeah. yeah, and like motocross, I feel like you have to be within an hour of the city to get a crowd. You know what I mean? Like Wanneroo's, yeah. yeah, just on the border. Yeah, for motocross, coastals on the border. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, um, yeah, and supercross. Obviously, being in in a stadium, you can get it a lot. Yeah, and a lot of that there was. Um, 
Christo, he used to run like a 20 minute, a 20 lap final, which I loved because uh, you can get a groove and, you know, uh, if you fit, you know, as you like motocross, you can come through the last five laps or so. Um, whereas, but some of the other promoters used to run two tens and a 15. So it was, you know, when you've got a track that's 40 seconds long, yeah, yeah, pretty hard to come through if you get a shit start. So that was a bit frustrating, but it was good, uh, good action for the crowd because they got to see um, yeah. three motos. They used to have a shootout, a one-on-one. Yeah, that was right. pretty exciting. That was uh, like, uh, was it 50 bucks or 80 bucks? I was about mean? to say, someone chucked 50 bucks up and then <laughs> yeah. just yeah. axing each other. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that, Sore in front ends off. <laughs> that's fuel money to get home. Yeah, bloody hell. But um, it was good. It was great fun because also, you know, we were like one big family. It changed when big mo- big box, like semis came into it. Like everyone drove a high ace. So um, you'd roll up and you always bunked at someone else's house as well to save dollars. You couldn't afford a hotel all the time. So you'd go to Victoria, you'd stay at Troy Dyer's house, we'd all stay there. You'd go to Queensland, Peter Melton's, come to WA, everyone would stay at my house. So, you know, we were like, we all raced against each other and the competition was fierce, but we're all, a lot of us were, we had our little group of mates like here. And, um, man, when you travelled and it's a lot of times you'd leave a Supercross and you drive straight back from, say, Melbourne to Sydney or did the Adelaide-Sydney a couple of times, 17 yeah, straight yeah. after a race, after midnight. So everyone, we all had CBs, so, you know, you, you're joking around for the first hour because you're still adrenaline's pumping. Still yeah, buzzing, yeah. Yeah. And then 4 o'clock in the morning you, you, you're asking your mate's still alive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was always good. Queensland Supercross Series from, you know, July onwards it was Four or five rounds, um, like Rockhampton, Bundaberg, Mackay, um, so Townsville, far up Cairns. LA. Yeah, but that time of year was really good because the rest of the uh, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne was always wet and cold. Yeah, yeah, true. So um, Northern Queensland was twenty five, just the best time to be up there, and beautiful part of the country. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Everyone's traveling, racing together during the week. You're training together, going out, having a bit of fun as well. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was really good fun and. Uh, and uh, everyone got on pretty well, so there was n- never any dramas. So and no, no slapping anyone at the track. Slapping, yeah. Like, did you have any <laughs> beef with anyone? Oh nah, no, nah, not really. Really, you know, people got. I suppose a few people got a little aggro, so you know, got taken out or something. But yeah, especially yeah. on those indoors when it's tight. And yeah, but I pass. guess something like that, you got to understand that it's going to happen. Like yeah. an, an indoor race, like it's going to happen. Yeah, in, yeah, indoors I didn't enjoy much. It probably wasn't my forte, you know, being that tight. Um, but some guys really clicked on it. Yep. Yeah, and it's um, like I said, that's that's the start's extremely important there. It's it's inside, 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 inside. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon we're like sorely missing some Supercross action in Australia? Oh yeah, definitely. I think um, I think the best thing about doing Supercross for so many years. And being a motocross, you know, you grew up doing motocross, but um, a lot of the supercross technique used outdoor. So, um, as I was saying to you boys earlier, it's a know, different skill set. Yeah, like you watched, you know, Jerry McGrath when he was in his prime. You know, even outdoor, he was an awesome rider, and he and he used to ride a motocross track like he's on a supercross track. So you can, yeah, you can um, incorporate a lot of um, technique on a rough sand track, for for instance, um, like your rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Hopping over shit. Yeah, little hopping over stuff, yeah. Just being a bit more creative. Yeah. So the skills you learn from Supercross. And it's a shame they don't have more now because you got all the young guns that have come through the last 10 years. You know, that 
being if they had a lot of supercross in Australia, it would really prime them for some US rides because they could yeah. go straight in and wouldn't you know they could dial straight into one of their tracks. Whereas now you got you know you got no chance you know especially um, coming from WA. It's unless you move there real young, pretty hard to crack US now. Yeah, yep. yeah, especially because they're um, so obviously supercross supercross dependent. And then here we ride rough sand tracks and yeah. that sort of shit. Even going over east and racing a supercross over there, it, like it's so hard from for someone here unless you got property and a track. Yeah, and yeah, hundred percent. Even then, it's like no one's really got it or done it, you know. Yeah, and even when I was living over east, you'd be a few guys that would have um, a supercross track on their property, so you'd hunt them down who they are. And yeah, just, yeah, mate, we're coming around, we're riding it. Yeah. So you had because you had to try and train on it as well. You know, you just couldn't roll up to a supercross track every weekend and think you're going to be smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. Cause even when I was staying over there, Webster and all that, um, and yeah, they were just trying to find supercross tracks, paying people like there was like five or six of them putting money together to build a track on someone else's property. Like just, just trying to get bike time on yeah, that track. Man, just yeah. gnarly. Need a place to get yeah. your skills down. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I guess America, like every other Man's got one, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so that's that's kind of a bit of a shame now because it limits uh, the guys that with some talent to to go to the US unless you know they they do the Lawrence brothers and get there real early. Yeah, I guess. Um, sorry, I guess that's what Willie's got in mind. You know, trying to yeah, promote yeah, definitely. something a little bit different and trying to get these younger guys to um, get some Supercross under him. I guess, which is good yeah. for the WA. Give it a few years and hopefully it's. Um at a higher level, you know, yeah, so definitely, it, it yeah. is that I think sort of be. stepping stone over. Because I, be I suppose a lot of the guys can, you know, when they got some speed, if they're from WA or East Coast, they're probably only going to head to Europe, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're not going to get signed for just an outdoor season in the US. No, nah, no way. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, that's sort of the transition, isn't it? Euro and then see and then go to America. Yeah. So um, when you rode all that Supercross – was it shit when you went back to doing massive motos? No, it was good because it was something different. Again. Yeah, I yeah. suppose, yeah. Yeah, so no, motocross, it was actually a lot of time it was good because you had a lot more room for error. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, you could blow the inside right and end up on the outside or, you know, supercross, you can't really make much of a mistake. You run off the track, you're going about. You're gonna have a head on with the other guy. Yeah. Come the other way. So, yeah, with the motocross, you could hang it out more, you get a bit more loose. Um, so, no, it was it was um, it was good just to do some races, yeah, outdoor races, yeah, definitely. How long were you living over east for? Uh, so I moved there in '87, and kind of had a gutful after '95, uh, '94. Uh, yep. So that '93, '94, I was on Honda and did. That's when we pretty much did forty-two races a weekend. Me and Belly were just. Uh, just Sorry, what? Forty-two races. Yeah, in '93 we did like forty-two races that year. Jesus. And because we had nothing else to do, you know, I didn't have family there. So we you weren't you weren't dual classing, hey? Nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> no but say, Jesus. <laughs> but there was a lot of there was a lot of races. You could, you know, you could. Um, some events there was a Supercross on a Saturday night and one on Sunday night. So um, and then there was a Supercross on a Saturday night, and you could do a motor outdoor race the next day, a local state round, or you know, in Queensland or so. Um, yeah, there was there was heaps of rides on whichever state you're in. Uh, a lot of driving. You're driving yeah. all the time, yeah. yeah. So, but I figured, you know, 
if I'm sitting around on the weekend doing nothing, that's boring. I might as well be racing. I, I didn't have family there. So, uh, and Glenn and I really got on well together. Uh, we were like, we become like best friends. We trained together, lived together, traveled together. Um, and we used to, we used to train, um, we used to train and, and, and pace against each other, which was really good for race pace. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you go to the track and someone else is there and you, they're seeing you look pretty quick. So they, they button off or, but we just, um, we started half a lap apart when we used to do our two 30 minute motos and do 30 minutes and then just try and race each other. So, you know, you, you're training at probably close to a hundred percent instead of 90. Yeah. Yeah. So that really helped. Um, and we didn't get, you know, we used to joke about and say, oh man, you're faster than me that section or I was faster than you. So it was really good rivalry. Yep. Yeah. So, and we, we, we really took that on board and, um, and didn't, you know, get funny about that, it. That's what I fucking hate about motocross people is you're at the track and like, if you're faster than them, they're like, oh, the track's so shit today. Yeah. My bike feels shit. And you're the like, bro, like, just doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, just tell me I fucking waxed you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's funny too because, you know, when you go to a track and you hate that section, yeah. you only hate it because you're not dialing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And realistically you just don't want to admit it to yourself. But yeah. That's when you should be trying to nail it, yeah, you know. Yeah, dial it in, But yeah. you hate it because you're slow around it or someone's yeah. smoking you around it. But um, no, so that was pretty good. So Glenn broke his um, arm pretty bad in uh, 94. So um, I think we'd – we did probably close to 40 races again, but at the end of the season, he broke his um, arm and then he was going to retire anyway. And then I was getting to the stage where I really got sick of traveling and living out of a suitcase, you know, and, you, and you're staying at people's houses. Yeah, you know, yeah, I didn't buy my own house there, so it was hard. You're still, you're still bumming off people. Yeah. You know, you're making a living. It was okay. So I was making money and surviving, but you couldn't really afford to rent a place in Sydney for – 52 weeks of the year because you, you're probably only home 12. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, uh, so then I, I, I really enjoyed the racing part still, but I like, it's a weird thing to say, but so you go to, you go to a supercross, you get there Thursday. Um, you do press day. So you don't get to ride the whole track because the promoter wants, he's, he's obviously advertising to the town that the supercross on Saturday night, you roll up Thursday, bit of a press day, Okay, that finishes. Go back, do some work on the bike at the hotel. Um, maybe Thursday, Friday. You're hanging around. Saturday, you get up. You're hanging around till the afternoon. Go to the track, do practice. You're hanging around again till two hours for racing starts. Then you race and go home. It's a funny thing to say, but it really started to annoy me in the end. It was so boring. When the gate dropped, great. Yeah, yeah. But all that bullshit in between, yeah. hanging around that, all the time, it was doing my head in. So that's why I came home after the last round of the – um, Australian Supercross Championships in Wagga Wagga. I got, I just got in the van and drove straight back to WA. Yeah. And um, I was actually leading the Queensland Supercross Series that year and I didn't even bother going back for the last round. Yeah, right. Because I thought I'm over it. So um, then I then I raced. Um, so then I was happy to be in them. And, I, and I, my wife now, I was going out with her for a long, many years and it was a, you know, she went through uni and I raced. And so I was kind of getting homesick, missing her. And I thought, and I actually thought to myself, well, I better start thinking about what I'm going to do the rest of my career because I don't want to be one of those washed up sportsmen, you know, yeah, yeah. 30 odd years of age and, and no trade or what am I going to do? You know, this is all good and fun. Be like you, Baker. 
<laughs> just, I was never good as a sportsman. <laughs> it's shit at most of it. <laughs> just washed up in no. general. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like that would be just, the, yeah, the wear and tear. And that's probably the worst thing about motocross, I reckon, is the sitting around. Like, oh, man. And that's why people say, oh, come and do a club day. Man, I couldn't think of anything fucking worse than sitting there all day for three or four, four, five yeah. uppers. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah, like, I'm the kill same. Me. I, that's why I think I gel with the, the off-road stuff so much because you get there, you do your sight lap, come back in, you have a drink, and then you're there for four hours or whatever you're doing, and it's like, sick. Well, that's four whole race days I've just done in half yeah, a day. Like, yeah. it's sick. Like, yeah. so much more fun for bang, me. Bang for buck almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, yeah. Did you ever do much off-road stuff or no? Uh, when I came back from over east in uh, – also, just to finish what I was saying, um, so I came back in the 90 – so I was there – when they were 87, came back in the 94 – Raced local uh, for Kawasaki, uh, 95, and I ended up winning the 105 250 state championships. Uh, I think I, w- I won the Australian round at Coastal, did Manji in that, and did a fair bit of Ind- uh, riding in Indonesia. Oh, yeah. That would have been sick, eh? Yeah, hard, like harsh conditions, really hot, dusty, horrible. Like it was The tracks were terrible. Oh, yeah, some were good, some yeah. were really bad, but – just so hot and, you know, I've never felt so much pain in my in my helmet and my boots. Like, you know, the heat when you're riding for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, inc- I've never felt my feet and my head burning like really hot. So uh, you'd come in and you'd just rip all your gear off, you know, this, you wipe your arms, the sweat just comes straight back out of yeah, your pores. Yeah, and you just can't get comfortable. Think, what am I doing here again? Yeah. But could earn a quick dollar yeah, and yeah, then uh, go home and go there for three days, come back with, you know, if you won and a bit of start money as well. Because um, wasn't uh, Kim Ashkenazi in that running it? Is he uh, your age or is he? Yeah, yeah. He raced the entire – he's younger than me, but he raced the, pretty much the entire time I was there against us. Yeah. Uh, besides the first couple of years, he was junior. Great rider. Yeah. Um, not my fan. Didn't really like him. Yeah, right. Um, not many people did, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. Because um, I, I remember some of my mates that went over there said that they had um, – he was like running it or some shit. Uh, no, he's um he just went and did some overseas races as well. Yeah. Um, like I say, great rider though. Yeah. Like um really talented. Um, but uh, yeah, he just I don't think he was running anything. I think he just went and did some indo races as yeah, well. Yeah. Right. Um. So um. What were the races like in Indonesia? Is it just the one race you did, or did you do a few? Oh, probably over the years, probably did twenty. So um. Yeah. Yeah, that that was good because, like I said, you could go there and um, get a bit of. And I had I had a good deal with Honda there, whereas um, they kept my bike for me um, all the time. So other got other events, other guys wouldn't use it. Yeah, which is normally what happens, you know, when they have other because there was pretty much two big promoters, um, Bentol Supercross and or Bentol and um, and Lucky Strike, and the two promoters were brothers, Helmet. Helmy Sunkar and Farad Sunkar. Yeah. So they're in competition. Just with going to battle with each other. Yeah. So they, they were the two big promoters. So um, I used to always ride for this one guy, um, Farad Sunkar. He was pretty good fun. He um, used to pick me up from the airport and take me drinking all the time. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we like that. I used to, I used to like say, I used to say well, oh, there's a lot of good stories I could tell you there, but I don't think we'll have enough time. <laughs> what happened? We've got a big SD card. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good fun. Cause you would like, um, was it Dizzy saying, Dean, yeah. he's like, you're just like a, 
you're a rock star when you get there. Oh, I could yeah, imagine how massive. nuts it is. Yeah. Um, you also spoke about the crowds. Was they were they wild for you? Yeah. Well, that was that was a really eye opener because um, you know it was only about a dollar to get in, but these tracks they they'll make out. You know, it might be an hour and a half drive out of the city or something. So they'll find a lot of times they found a, a new housing development before they develop it. They'll build a motocross track. So and they'll fence it in bamboo. Um, there might be 20,000 spectators inside the track and another 20 or 30 outside trying to get in. Far so you've out. got so you've got all the, the army, you know, walking around the fence just smacking these guys with the, their fingers and that, you know, <laughs> trying to keep them pretty ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> and if someone gets in, they just beat them with a stick. Like, yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, that but, was just from uh, Bintangs over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, nasty. So, yeah, so – and it happened just about every race. By lunchtime, they, they're like they get – you know, all amped up and they're, they're rocking on the fence and they're trying to get in and the next minute the fence is down, everyone's running like a stampede. Full scramble. Yep, then that's it. Crowd's in, you know, like um, racing stops for an hour. The commentary's on there, you know, so they're trying to get them out. It doesn't happen. So then then, you, then you're pretty much racing through the crowd. Because so, I've seen some pictures of like gnarly shit. Like they're pretty much the track markers there. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the first – I was telling the boys earlier, <laughs> um, the first one I ever did – uh, was up in Solo. Uh, That's up the top of Indo, I believe, in the volcanic area. Hot man, like yeah, incredibly horrible. And um, anyway, so same thing. They just want to get closer to the action. Uh, so they, they, as you're flying down the straight, they're, they're coming in and they just peel away like those rally car. Uh, yeah, like scenes. scenes of like yeah. Euro rally That'd where they're so just so off-putting, eh? Yeah, well, they started rolling. I don't know who it was. Some the crowd started rolling tires in front of me uh, in one of the motos. Just <laughs> <laughs> they want to see a bit more action. Oh, <laughs> they want to yeah. see a cartwheel. So. Enduro down the street. Yeah. Eh? I haven't seen a fucking cartwheel so, in a while, eh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Billy Bolt over yeah. here. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so they're rolling these tires out. So I thought, fuck you. So I just started hanging it and just roosting them. All this volcanic rock. They oh. hit, hitting them in the face <laughs> and their head. You know, and they're all high five. They're frothing it. Oh, they're loving it, yeah. So that was pretty – that was pretty <laughs> – nuts. But, yeah, it's just, it was a really weird feeling how the, the track one minute's only like a metre wide, then it, they all just spread out when you – because you're hooking like yeah, – yeah. you're not – you're racing, you're not shutting off. There's there's a dude behind you. What, so, 250, two strokes? Oh, uh, 105s. Oh, 105s. Oh, 105s there, yeah. Um, and it was another event I did once. Uh, this guy was – a local guy was – because they have a few local guys in the – in the Honda team as well and other teams. And they race these like scooters around there too. Like, oh, the, you know, the locals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heaps, heaps of shit, yeah. They have, <laughs> they have classes They have classes for that. That's pretty funny. Um, they just want to be out there. They don't care. Just get out there with the water. In their sandals, yeah, eh? Yeah. Oh, man. And they're, but- not, they're not sweating either. Like they come in with one bead and you're like just pouring liters out of your skin, you know. It's uh, a weird setup, eh? Yeah. yeah. Like when you watch But I'm here for it. Yeah, but like you watch them and they're like in jumpers and you're like, dude. Yeah, yeah I know. I need to get by the pool and have a strawberry daiquiri right now. Oh, yeah. like. <laughs> so I was at this one. I was at this one. Um, so there's no toilets. So you got to go like yeah, bef- long drops. When you when you yeah. So in the pits there was this big hole dug with bamboo across it, like a big square hole. So you had to stand on the bamboo. But the little fence they had around it was only the height for little windows. <laughs> You know, so I'm standing, you, you, your whole tackle's just hanging out. You know, you're higher than the fence. So you're looking around, there's, you know, there's all the pit girls with umbrellas, everyone in the pit there. And because you're uh, a you whitey. Know, yeah, okay, whitey, exactly. They're all staring at you all day long. 
Yeah, right. So, yeah, especially you got when your you, wang out. You're, you're yeah, trying, yeah. Got your whitey wang out, mate. They're all, <laughs> they're all like, what's going on there? <laughs> oh, so man. it's pretty funny. Um, but there's one race. This uh, guy was in the Honda team. I was, it was dusty as hell. And um, um, oh, here's a Suzuki guy from New Zealand that ended up being a GP rider. Hurley? Uh, no. Nah. Um, I'll think of his name in a minute. Um, oh, Al. I know. I'll think of his name. Anyway, so he was chasing me. Um, I was out in the front and we we're coming up this hill and it was full dust. It was a big double. And as I've hit the double, as I was coming through the dust, there's a local, I couldn't see him, but one of the local guys on the team was rolling up the other side of the double and I landed on his arm and snapped his arm and his handlebar clean off. Like, oh, oh he snapped his arm, but his handlebar just snapped off as well. Jesus. Saved it and kept going. And then I felt really bad because when I was winning the pits, you know, they can't him away. And, um, but that was probably the hairiest, um, hairiest experience. Moment, right? Yeah, it was pretty oh, scary. Yeah. Cause, and then I just said to him after that, I'm not racing anymore unless you get a water truck out there. Because actually, I, and I remember just after that double, you went up this hill, you turned left, and the dust was that bad. I, I was holding my breath um, going down because it was oh. that thick. I didn't want to breathe any more of it in. You're still at Broadford, eh? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without the bumps. But um, and then they, and then this is how backwards it is. Like they get this water truck, and there's about twenty five of them on the water truck. You know, telling ever how to steer it, where to go. Next minute, it rolls down the hill. Oh, yeah. oh they God. all jump off. No. You know, the truck's just rolling down the hill, sliding, and then okay, there's the end of the water. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. They tried puddle yeah. at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, yeah. So then the twisted irony when the water truck catches fire, eh? Oh man, oh. That, yeah. Some of, just some of the stories because I think it kind of ended when I think I was probably about twelve, I reckon. Because Dizzy, how old was he? I don't know seventy. Yeah, yeah, he's old age. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, fuck all the stories of like the older boys that I looked up to when they went over. Like they all just reckon it was so sick, just just partying, loose, carrying loose. on. And it, yeah, all was, you had to do was ride. Was it all bike. mainly in Bali, like, or different islands? Uh, no, but no, the only uh, uh, no, it was all through Indonesia, like um, Surabaya, Jogjakarta, uh, Bandung. Um, so it was all parts. The only place that I raced as close to Bali was um, Lombok. Yep, that wasn't very nice. Yeah, rats running through the hotel kitchen and yes. oh. yeah, that yeah, that was. That was pretty harsh. I was going to say, those, those um, well, the bigger islands, but uh, less populated islands or like, I guess, holiday-type islands in the mid-90s, early 90s would have been pretty uh, rough, eh? Yeah, well, um, like I say, it was they never went to any real holiday islands. It was always through the, yeah. you know, like Jakarta and all that, raced in Jakarta as well. So they were populated cities, and, but the track was always a, an hour and a half out or something. Yeah. So um, you never really got to oh, – I did race in Tahiti, so that was good because um, that was on an island yeah. and first time I went there and um, that was pretty cool. There's a lot of international riders there. We actually rode – Was that Supercross or Motocross? Yeah, Supercross, yep. yeah. Over, well, actually it was Motocross um, and then we were there for two for a whole week. So it was Motocross one week and then Supercross the next and uh, we actually rode our bikes to the from the hotel to the Supercross track. With the police escort. Oh, that would be sick. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's sick. That's cool. Um, what other international racing have you done? 
uh, New Zealand, or like say Indonesia, New Zealand, Tahiti, um, or the US, Paris. Paris Supercross is pretty good. Yeah, that would yeah. have been wild. Yeah, that was uh, – did the Paris Supercross a uh, week before the Designations in 91. Yep. And then after the Designations in Belgium, drove to Spain, did a Supercross in Spain. Um, and then I was actually going to – that was in 91. I was actually going to stay there and I thought, yeah, I might stay in Europe and um, give it a crack here. But So um, um, in 91, were you on Yamaha still? Yeah. Yep. 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 So was, you rode – where was it? <clears throat> Uh, I was in Vulcan Squad in yeah, uh, Belgium. Yeah, I've been there actually. Okay. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah, long track. It's, yeah, super gnarly. Takes takes half a day to remember where you are on the it, track. It's it so took long. a whole day to walk around it. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, one of my dad's friends got that pissed after the designations there in 05, I think it was. We were over – because I grew up in England, so we used to go every Oh, is year. that right? Yeah. And uh, my dad's mate got that pissed after the race. He drove his hire car. Onto the last jump, got it bogged <laughs> and left it there, man. <laughs> sure, that wasn't Manji. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I was just like, I remember being like ten years old. My dad's mates just buckled as, just like, wow, wow, <laughs> fucking oh. stay in there. <laughs> like, but em. yeah, it was a gnarly track, man. I remember it being because in England we don't get sand like we do here. Is that the one Caden and Dylan were talking about? Um, in yeah, Belgium? I think it was. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. Nah. Nah, okay. Nah, but yeah, it was a super gnarly track. Yeah, that's yeah. rough, that track. Yeah. So that was your first MX Nations? Uh, yep, 91. And then 92 in um, Manji. So 91 on the 125, 92 on the 250. And then um, again, I was selected to go 96 to Spain after winning the 105. Because they changed, as I was saying to boys before, and um, they used to select the riders up until 96. Yep. Um, which was always controversy. Yep. Um, we'll go. We'll let's let's go through ninety one. Let's talk about that, and then we'll go. We'll go through the different. Um, the, we'll go through the three. Because yeah, I feel like this is a massive thing. This for is huge. People from WA like you're playing it so cool right yeah. now. Yeah. Inside, I just want to kiss you and cuddle you. <laughs> yeah. and say, well done. Yeah. You're amazing. But like, people from WA wouldn't even know this shit. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like. You got to stop being so nice and humble and just tell Talk everyone. Us through it. Let's uh, tell everyone how well, good you are. Come on. No, there's, there's back then there was a lot of politics um, that played a part in getting selected. Um, so when you say selected, it means it, it was a discretionary. Someone yeah. someone had pulled well, to pick pr- the team. Pretty much one guy kind of ran it and picked it, which I won't mention names. Yep. Um, and probably the unfair thing was one minute you're going, next week no, nah, someone else is going. So to get selected for the designations is pretty big, like you know that's a that's a oh, massive huge guys yeah that's, that's every a that's, motor kid's dream yeah top three only pick three riders in each country to yeah. race the best three riders of every other country, so you get selected, and then this particular person says oh no nah, you're not going now such such going well what have I done wrong no no I think he's going to do better well okay it's a sand track you know. Sand gropers, WA yeah, yeah. boys are pretty quick in sand. So, oh, yeah, great, okay. A week later, yeah, you're going again, you're back on. Sweet. And then, again, you're not going. So, by the time – this happened for 91 and 92. Yep. So, by the time you go, you're pretty much deflated the time you get there. Yeah, emotionally wrecked. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're just like, well, you know. So, and then you get there and back then, man, you need a – like now, you need a fast one in five two-stroke. Um, because you are not even staying with those factory bikes unless you've got something that's killer. 
So um, you roll up, you get a standard 95, 91-105 YZ was a bucket of shit. There was only two of us on the line on a 105 Yamaha. They were that slow, people didn't ride them. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Could your team not organise a bike? No, that's a, and that's the disappointing part because you go there um, – you go there with no, like, no good equipment. Yeah. You know, um, so you pretty much got to. You're I, pissing in the wind. Yeah. I had a, I think I had a Piper muffler. Um, back then, Jamie Dobb was a, he was a world, yeah, world runner. Cha- well, no, we're champion. He wasn't world champion five, then, but yeah. So he was, uh, I met Jamie Dobb and his brother at the Yamaha factory. Yep. And um, and I think he felt sorry for me because he said, what are you running? I said, stand a bike. He said, well, look, here's a barrel in our box, our parts box. We haven't used it. Um, one in five barrel that's been poured on that. Try that. You can just have it and try it on your bike. And then we threw a 250 carby on it. It was a slug. So, and you know, you've been at Volkenswood. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a long, deep, rough, boggy track. Deep, yeah. You need horsepower. Yeah. So, you know, so you're flogging a dead horse before you get there. And that's the disappointing part. You know, we would love to have – one of the factory bike guys practice bikes or you, you'd think, you know, our team, you know, Yamaha Australia or whatever would, would organise some half-decent equipment. Yeah. So you go in there behind, you've got to do really, really you're going to try and do really well and then you just get caned afterward. I think we ran, I think, 11th overall. I got a 9th and 11th or something, you know. Um, Which is solid. Yeah, I was happy the way I rode. Um, but, you know, there could have been so much more yeah. given given the equal you playing just, field. You just got no horsepower, so. Yeah. You know, on a bike that on a, and on a track not, that robs yep, it too. Yep, and that bike wasn't good that year. So, um, so anyway, that was uh, good fun. That was over with, and went on and did a couple of little races around Europe and went to Spain. And yep. So, um, yeah. So that was uh, it was a great experience, but just besides having a, a bit of a pig of a bike that wasn't good because you get you know everyone's watching you from Australia. They're all looking at your results, but yeah. they don't know the the story. They don't know the story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So did that coming into 92, obviously, you know, the designations coming to Australia, surely being in our own backyard, you would have thought the resources to be there or did did that change at all? No, pretty much same bike. You just rode your own bike. Um, I did get a, a select and exhaust and muffler from Europe, um, which worked really good actually, but I, you know. You're on the 250. At- yeah, and again – to, uh, one minute you go on, next minute you're not. One minute you go on, next minute you're not. Oh, guys, uh, you might have to go pay for your own helmets to get painted, you know, in Australia colours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you serious? So like, you're representing the country, but you've got to pay for the uniform. Yep. Straight to Bunnings, boy. Too, yeah. many, <laughs> too many people with their fingers in the pie. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got no budget, whatever, you know. What, the, so, f- the federal government? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, yeah, I think it's the same now. So. Still. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't talk to people about it. I don't really talk about it much at yeah. all, really. But you know, it was exciting. Again, you know, the lead up was um, four ninety two was was out of myself and Craig Dack, um, who was going, and um, we had the Queensland Supercross Series on that month, a couple of months, a month or two leading up to it, and uh, the word was that you know who's riding the best who's fit, who's strong, who's mentally in a good place, who's working hard and results. So Craig, um, to all due respect, like unbelievable rider, you know, did so many good things in the sport and I respect him. Um, he wasn't in a good place and he's, he knew that he said that and he was sort of, I think he, he might have uh, 
retired that year, but he he didn't in the end he didn't want to ride it. Yeah. But this particular person who was picking the team said, "Dale, you're on one week. Not next minute, Craig's gone because this guy loved Craig." So did Craig at this point say out loud? In the end, he said, "I had all results on the board. I was running second, I think, in the Supercross Championship. I think I won one round." Uh, second or something, and then um, just to be let down all the time and yep. go, yep, yeah, you go on this week, you're not going. So this is the second year in a row, you know, and there was other people involved too. I think Stephen Andrew got told he was going as well. And so um, – and then in the end, Daki just said, oh, I'm not riding it. He actually bluntly had to say, I'm not riding this nation. So, um, so I was on um, – that was good. We had a pretty, we had a really good result actually. That was, I think, the second best um, straight ever done. Who is your teammates? Uh, it's, uh, uh, Kim Askenazi on the 25. Yeah. Myself on 250 and Jason Marshall, local guy on the 500. Oh, yeah. goosey. Yeah, he did really good. He's, I actually yeah. spoke to him about coming on here. He's like, oh, I don't have much to say. I was like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he, he did really well on the 500, mate. Yeah. I think it was Australia's best result in years, uh, wasn't we it? We got six, yeah. Six overall, yeah. Yeah, six outright. That was really good. Um, Yanks won it that year, right? Yeah. Um, oh, that mate. fucking picture of Emeg. Was it Emeg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. scraping through that yeah. turn. Yeah, and Larocco. Larocco, mate, that guy's fast. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, that was good fun. That would have been nice being – Back at home, you would have had a fair bit of your friends in that come down, eh? Yeah, but I, I kind of the second race, both races, I blew the start, felt um, got knocked off in the infield first race, came back to eighth, I think. Second race, I felt got a really good start, uh, lost the front end on the second corner, um, had to come back again from last and pretty and got six, I think. But I, I should have eaten more food before that moto. Because I charged her hard that 20 minutes I was cooked. I was, I was in pain for the last 10 minutes just trying to survive. So um, that that wasn't fun, that last 10 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, I was yeah, never yeah. been so tired in my life. Really? Just yeah. hurt locker. But I think I I, I um, used a lot of nervous energy up between between the first and second moto. Yep. Yeah, watching the boys out there and uh, pressure was on. So I got really nervous. Was that like home track pressure? Yeah, and because we were going okay. Like, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, you didn't want to fuck it up. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, I, had, I felt a lot of pressure in that second before the second moto. So, um, you know, just use a lot of nervous yeah, energy yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, didn't have enough fuel on tank. How old were you in '92? Oh shit, uh, I think like 23. I think. Yep. Guessing around there, 23. Yeah. Um, That's unreal. Yeah, so that was that was good though. Um, and even after that event, um, was still on a bit of a high. Um, going into the next races, felt pretty good. And, um, yeah, it was good to race in Australia, Desnations. Um, yeah, that's such a wild thing just to claim. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's fucking sick. It's Yeah, the only disappointing part is all that politics, like I said, in between. Um, you're always going to get that, aren't you? Yeah. And yeah, it shouldn't be there, though. Like in Belgium, too, you know, it's they're quick to say, oh, you guys did shit house. Like we didn't do that bad, but they're quick to say, you know, it's your own team manager to say, oh, you should have done better. Yeah. Like, hang on. Give us the tools to you do should, better. You shouldn't have rolled up the last day before the event, start giving out orders and then give us – and we've got no – we haven't got good machinery. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So 
You know, yeah, like, it's, like it's, said, it's a losing battle when the support from the hierarchy is not there. Yeah. And the games, you know. But then if you did good, <clears> they'd be the first ones to claim it too. Yeah. yeah you know, and absolutely. That, and that's – Look what we shit. did. Yeah, that's the shit well, thing about people's brains. And I remember too, like, you know, we get there so late, all these other teams are there two weeks. Testing, yeah, testing training, yeah, yeah. all like, that. Yeah. yeah, we were all up four days before, three, four days before. Where's the bikes? You know, straight from that, Ireland that's too, it. eh? Nah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. dusty as <laughs> so, straight to the start gate, eh? You know, let's do this. These guys are professional, you know, yeah, like yeah. they're the, all these teams are there testing, got all the best equipment. You roll out last minute, you, how are you going to do well when you, you know, you, your whole team is not prepared? Yeah, definitely. So, um, I don't know if things have changed or not now. Is that what sort of set the tone for uh, Spain? Definitely. Um, so, like I said, um, they used to, and, and after all this bullshit that went on for those years, they MA changed the rules and said, righto, uh, whoever wins the championships, a national championship, one five fifty five hundred, um, automatic selection. So, ninety six, um, I won the one five championship. Peter Melton, my teammate, we're both on team car. Because, yeah, like I said, I stayed home in 95, raced local, and then after I came back from over the end of 94, raced local, was feeling really good, enjoying being home, racing, and then Kawasaki Australia rang me up and said, oh, will you come back over East for 96? And I said, no, I'm not living there again. I'm done with that. So they said, all right, we'll just we'll fly back and forth, give you some money, and just race the one in five um, rounds, leave your bike here. And I had someone there to help me every round, and my mate Peter Melton, he was my 250 partner, a teammate. So, um, and we were really good buddies. So Those crackers were fast too, eh? Yeah, they were a good bike. Yeah, 105 and 250. And um, yeah, so, but again, you know, it was very hard back then to find a tuner who would could make a bike go fast. So, as I was saying earlier, you could give a guy a barrel and go, here, tune that and port, get your porting tool and go for it. But sometimes you, he gives you a barrel back and your bike's a dog. So you've just you gotta yeah. go buy another barrel. Yeah, yeah. So um the one in five uh KX was it, from bottom to top, it was had really good, um, nice, smooth, good power delivery all the way through. Pretty good out the yeah, box. Good, yeah, good bottom, good mid, good top. Threw a pipe and a muffler proso pipe muffler and just rode the wheels off it. So just couldn't really get fastest time every every uh, time qualifying, but from a 30-minute moto, moto from start to finish. Rideable, The yeah. bike was rideable all the way through. So you just had to be super fit and just hold that thing on. So, and that's pretty much where I probably won that title that year is the last 10 minutes I'd be maybe in fifth or sixth still, but then I knew mentally after a lot of years' experience and physically I was so fit that I just mowed them down every, like, yeah, every motor, and that's probably the end of, the end of the races where yeah, where I where I and I wasn't um, wasn't nervous, didn't have to go prove anything. I was at my end of my career really, so I was doing it for fun. I feel ya. Would have been yeah. um, so pretty special to snag that though. <clears throat> yeah, it was good. Yeah, really, really good feeling. And um, so, like, would you say your your like mental space, or you like you were just happy? Riding on your own terms, get living yeah. at home. I yeah, think being yep. a bit older too, eh? Like, oh, experience. I really felt that experience really helped that's where you know i think i was 26 and um yeah was not panicking didn't get nervous i was having fun uh i knew that i wasn't rolling up to a race at 18 years of age thinking i've got to earn some money or else i'm not paying to get home so uh it was easier mentally and it's and like a lot of people say you know it's so much mental like uh, absolutely you know 
like even Craig Dack, I remember him saying to me once, I used to train with him for a while when we were friends, and uh, he said, Dale, and he was winning everything. And he was the guy that could come in those last five laps from eighth and just mow everyone down. Yeah, yeah. He said, there's plenty of guys out here that can beat me. He goes, oh, I'm just so much mentally stronger and fitter than everyone else. He goes, oh, no, I'm going to win. Yeah, just so, grind for the full 30 yeah. and, and get them. Yeah, so um, so that year Peter Melton won the 250 title as well. So Kawasaki were pretty stoked because um, they had one in five fifty national championship. And so – but both of us, I decided I'm not going to Spain with all the crap that I went through for those other two um, – so a bit of a stand almost. Yeah, I just said I'm interested because I know I was going to – don't get me wrong, I would have loved to go on to Spain and had a ride, but yeah. I'm not, I wasn't going to go through that crap again. I wasn't going to roll up and get a pile of crap. Yeah, bunk uh, bike. A standard bike yeah. and um, – Just won a national, feeling really good, on a good bike, everything's good. Why would you go put yourself through that shit again? Yeah, so – and Peter Melton, he, you'd think he would have been stoked to go to his first one. He knew the bullshit that was involved and he just said, I'm going to go yeah, so isn't it, it wild how the most greatest privilege as a motorcycle rider you can have for your country can be so tainted through just the bullshit that goes on in every industry and every yeah shit, you know, like yeah. people, people can ruin something yeah. so good so quickly. But a lot of the you know the people on the outside don't see, so they only see the results. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, yeah. And, and you get judged pretty quick too. Oh, definitely. And that's even today. Yeah, you're only a champion on the weekend. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, and then pretty much, um, that was that year. And then in 97, I wasn't going to go back there. And then Kawasaki said, oh, come on, come back. We'll give you a bit more money if you come back and do the, the nationals again. I went, uh, yeah, why not? I got nothing else to do. So, um, I went back the second year and lost, of uh, 97 and lost by three points or something. Uh, that was to Troy again, eh? Uh, yeah, he got yeah. me back that year. So yeah. a bit of, got you back. Yeah. Dirty dog. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was only a young guy then too. He was, I think, he was seventeen or something. Pretty fast. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, do you have any like funny stories about, like, did you ever get given a set of factory forks and not like? <laughs> <laughs> funny, should yeah, say that yeah. we spoke about you know, this earlier. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I called some people up today. Eh, and yeah. I was like, Wait, you got any funny stories or? Oh. No, you don't have to say it if you don't want. Yeah, put it this way. It was. You uh, don't have to name names or anything. No, well, there was a pair of forks brought over from Europe by the MR team for me to use, but I didn't like them. Was this for Des Nations? Yeah, for yeah. Des Nations. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Um, and I, I got told they were on excess, they were excess luggage, and I won't name the team manager who was an Aussie guy at the time said. He had to, apparently had to pay for him. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Three, four, five hundred bucks exit, which I find hard to believe. Um, but the guy running the team for the, the Australian Destination team made me write a check out to pay for the excess luggage, uh. and said that if you don't give me a check, I don't want to ruin the, our chances down the road when we need help. So, um, and that was another thing that really annoyed me. Like for the record, the Yamaha guy said, "I don't want your check." Yeah, he said, no, you don't have to pay for it. Yamaha pays for it. We, you know, probably cost them 40, 50 grand to get everyone over. He said, this goes on the, you know, the bill. So, um, but no, this particular Aussie guy that run used to run the team all the time said, no, nah, you have to, I want to stand here and watch you write a check out, pay for that, those forks, those six luggage. Then they got given to Craig Dack anyway. Uh, so they didn't, even, they didn't even go back to Europe. So they came over here for anyone, someone else anyway. 
Yeah, so so Daki got the forks. Um, and you paid and his freight. Yeah. yeah, so I, I can't remember whether the check got banked or not, but that's just a principle. We just got six. This is right after the second moto. You know, I think I came in six and then uh, basically got changed and this guy um, says, yeah, you no, know, you need to write a check out now. It's like, dude, we just got six in the world. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just another kick in the gut, so I thought. Yeah. And that's, you know, all these little things, that's why I thought nuts, Bane, I'm not going. Yeah, right, that's too fair hard. enough. Too so, yeah, that's just such trivial shit. Yeah. Like just. Yeah, it was. you got a team that's spending tens of thousands of dollars to get their team and bikes over here and stuff that are coming over with bikes and suspension and kit and all sorts of spares and all sorts of resources and then, oh, no, but. Those two forks that oh. that was that was the weight limit. Yeah, yeah. you had That's to. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, so yeah. funny that you were talking about yeah. it before. Comes over with a couple of tons worth of freight, but those two forks. No, nah, that's it. Uh, yeah. But you know, Qantas. You I'll get you. you learn, eh? Yep, that's right. The check bounced anyway. <laughs> You'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have cancelled it. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, what are we up to? Ninety-seven. Yeah, so um, let's talk. Actually, of- actually, I have got a funny story. Oh, yes, I like this. This is when I first went to the States with Leesky, and I'd never seen snow in my life. And um, and, and he was a pretty good snow skier. So we <laughs> went up in these mountains, and we're going up the chairlift. Anyway, um, I still remind him sometimes. <laughs> and um, we got on the chairlift. He said, right, when you get to the top, just push off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd never been on – I basically clipped these things in, got on the chairlift next to him. As we got up the mountain, there's just, there was a big um, restaurant and there was hundreds of people around. And uh, as as we got off, I lost balance and I gave him a big shove to the left-hand shoulder and he went flying down this big drop-off that was all bunted off with uh, – and he started cartwheeling down this hill. <laughs> in <laughs> and, front of everyone. Oh, mate, everyone <laughs> lost it. He looked like the biggest loser, but I was a loser because I couldn't ski. But uh, he didn't talk to me all day. Stitch up. That's so good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was, I'll never forget that one. You're just standing at the top. You're right, mate. Oh, yeah, he <laughs> the was, bottom. Because he was a pretty good skier, he was pretty embarrassed. Oh, that's so gold. I yeah. love that. See, like, that's when you see, like, four hot chicks and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to cycle hell fast past her, eh? <laughs> and you hit a car. Yeah. <laughs> or an agent hit you, either one. Yeah, yeah. yeah Actually, thing. I did hit a car in uh, one um, one day I went for a cycle. It was a stray day or something through King's Cross um, when I used to live in Hornsby. Uh, Chatswood, uh, so North Sydney. Sydney, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was riding down between lanes and a guy in a park car just opened his door oh. and, I, and I went straight in his door over the bars, landed on the boot of another car, yes. stoved his boot in. His missus got out of the car, started screaming at me and then realised that some dude had just opened the car door on me. Uh, front wheel was just in half. Uh, yeah, that was my first yeah. trip. To and this was when boots were tough too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. steel. Well, I can confirm – Lancers are quite tough too. <laughs> yeah, oh, good rigid little cars, eh? Yeah, proper. Yeah. yeah, almost as tough as the old ducks that drive them, eh? Yeah, bless her. Oh, I got good. cleaned up by a car in November. Oh, did you? Yeah, wasn't very nice. No. Like literally one k from my house, I was like, oh yeah, just cruise down the hill here. Bang, done. It was his actual missus coming out the driveway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, really? She was sitting in the car for 20 yeah. minutes waiting Life for him insurance. to leave. <laughs> Life insurance was up, yeah. eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cash in. Oh, fucking hell. Um, so speaking of destinations at Manji, uh, Manji about 15,000. That's a um, pretty special race and a pretty special race to win. 
Um, how have you gone there in the past? Uh, yeah, I won the one in, I won Manji in, shit, when was that? <laughs> 93? Yep. I think. Yeah. What bike would you have been yeah, riding? Yeah, then? 93. Yeah. Well, our first year I was on Honda. So, um, yeah, one at 93, lost by a point, 94 to Jason Marshall. That hurt. Bloody goose, eh? Yeah, he got me there. So, um, but yeah, done Manji a lot of times. Um, in the old days, there was a pretty tough format uh, because you had two all-star sprint races before lunch. They were two six-lappers, I think. And then you had four eight-lappers uh, with about two races break in between. What? That's so a big day. That, it That's was, my, I would like that. Yeah, that I would suit you. I fucking hate that three five-lap races. Yeah, so they were like nearly 20 minutes. Rough track, fast as you know, and um, yeah, like really, really grueling. That was a that was the hardest event of the year, and you know you had that all your goggles set up, yeah, helmet yeah. ready. It was it was focused. You couldn't you couldn't afford to bend bars, or you didn't have enough time between. So basically, there was a, a race on the line when you came in, another race after that, and you're pretty much back out there prepping your gate. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and I remember every Manji. I'd have to go back to the hotel afterwards and lay, lay down for, you know, half an hour because my lower back was just smoked. Yeah. And it is still today. You know, every day I wake up with sore back, but Manji used to just cane it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I always remember that was uh, that was a really grueling day. So, fuck, man, four, so four eight-lap motos after two, lunch. Two sprints and then four eight-lappers. Yeah. Oh, That's just proper next level, eh? Yeah. That's – So, and you said eight laps would have been, what, 20? 20 minute motor. Yeah. Probably close to 20, yeah. Wow. Four, was it four 20 minute motors? Uh, no. Four, four eight eight so it was, I think it was, yeah, it was, so it was over two minutes a lap. And it, was it similar layout to now? Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty close, pretty much 95%. Yep. Uh, we did, yeah, actually, yeah. But I know some, some reason it used to seem like it was always rougher back in than the it old is days. now. Yeah. I reckon it's getting too hard pack, eh? Yeah, but I just remember back in the old days, it used to be really rough, you know, and um, and some of the classes when I was younger would have um, two and a half lines. There was a full grid, then another line behind that, and a few extra on the third. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, like, that's yeah. mad. Yeah, in the, in the C grade and all that. You yeah. see that shit in like Europe, eh? Yeah. Like, just yeah. Like, those dudes off their head. Like yeah. that would have been so mad just to be a part of something like that, you know, like. I think that's why it used to get so rough because there was so many riders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but definitely. That's <laughs> nuts, eh? Imagine, <laughs> I'm shit at start, so imagine me getting oh. passed by old mate two lines back. Back line, right? <laughs> that would yeah. be so embarrassing. Oh, man. Hole-shotted by some dude at the back. Well, that's the thing that used and, to but suck you didn't about. Even, oh, sorry, you didn't even cut off that first jump at the end of the straight, did you? Didn't you used yeah. to go up there? Well, I think when I started doing Manji, you went down the end and then they brought that rule in the main straight was two um, long, yeah. So then they cut it, yeah, right. And now it's back to the old because I remember, um, it might have been, it might have been Goose Man. He he was like, Man, we used to go out the gate and up over that thing, and I'm like, What? <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, like, yeah. I think they they clocked, um, the cops had the radar gun one year and they clocked Jimmy Ellis doing doing 160 or something said down the main street, but what? only 500, but. Oh, they didn't have very good brakes either. Yeah. Um, or suspension. That's nuts. 160. That's gnarly. That's wild. That, Probably was about 130 more like it, but. I yeah. Don't know. But Still. That's pretty gnarly. Final five, 500 two stroke. Yeah. yeah. 
Do you still get down there to watch much or not? No, nah, last time I rode it, when I had a bit of a plane, um, 04, I just came back and rode the um, state championships for a year on the lights. Yeah. I was 36 then. And then I raced Manji that year. Yep. On a two-stroke 250. Yeah, nice. And um, that was it. Then I stopped again. Yep. And then I hadn't been back till last year when they had that uh, old stars thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's 99 about Manjima? Nah, that's nah. 93. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> typo. Nah, all good. I actually, um, uh, I actually remember well, the first year I was over East, it was 87 or 88. Um, I came back and um, did Manji and didn't have any expectations to win it. And they gave me this, they gave me number 555 and I was really spewing because I thought, you know, everyone's letters. I want to be a letter. Yeah. You know, they look cool. So I had triple five. I felt like a real goose, you know, like C grade out there with triple five. I could hardly fit the numbers on the number plate. Oh, poor Riley Moritz, <laughs> eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and anyway, um, I ended up leading, having a really good day and I was leading the, I was leading the Manji till the second last moto, my big end let go. Oh, no Yeah, way. so I missed, so I DNF that race and borrowed Dave Langstone's practice bike for the last race. Ended up still getting third on the that, day, but. That's awesome still, yeah. isn't it? And, wow. um, but that was, uh, that was pretty, and then I felt the pressure next year, like big yeah. time. And Come back and did, redeem yourself. Yeah, and didn't really ride that well because I was just, yeah. I was. Did you get to run a letter though? Yeah, I think I did actually. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's, man. I did that once. I wrote so shit. I was like, never again will I ever use a letter. I reckon it adds more pressure to it, eh? Yeah, well, back then you had to cut them out yourself. You did didn't, you? You didn't have West Effects as a plug. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sponsor <laughs> so, the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So you had to make them yourself. And the annoying thing was uh, when I first went over East, every, every race you went to, every Supercross, you're a different number. Oh, really? Yeah, they just gave you a number <laughs> on the day. So you had to take, open the briefcase in the hotel room and have all your stencils of all your, and make your own numbers with contact and, yeah, it was so – you're a bit yeah, of an right. arts and crafts sort of guy yeah. too, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, Wait, what scissors you got, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, there was some pretty wonky numbers. That's sort of shit, like, you forget about, isn't it? It's like uh, like when I was a kid in England, we used to go to the motorbike shop and buy numbers. Yeah. That used to be a yeah. massive thing. They used to have that big – Remember the big thing that used to hang on the door? With and the plastic yeah. sleeves. Yeah. 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 Different and fonts. And you're yeah. like, yeah, boy, I might yeah. go the wavy font today. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the, no- the annoying thing, I think uh, Australia was like UK, correct me if I'm wrong, 250 class ran green backgrounds and the 125 yeah, yeah. class ran black. So all the number plates were white. So you had to, you always had rolls of contact in your van yeah, yeah. and cut them out. And then your boots would just rub them off. So every week you're re- Contacting your plates, making your numbers was horrible. Yeah, that's the shit we don't think about these days. Nah. Like, these kids that rock up with like pimping bikes. So, man, my first number plate for BMX was an ice cream lid. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I did that when I was yeah. younger. You look like you've had a few tubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few, a few, a few lids there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh man, that's actually so funny that um, as like a factory rider, like you were still doing that sort of stuff. Oh, that sucked. It took forever too. Yeah. Perfectionist. Go out the lines. Have to start again. <clears throat> so when did you find out your number when you actually got to the race? You didn't yeah. Get- so when you got to the race, uh, either press day or if you got there on a, on that day, you had to make some numbers. So you had to go find out what number you are for that meet and then make some numbers up uh, and stick them on your bike. Yeah. So you always had to have a big roll of contact with your white contact, green contact, 
That's fucking yeah. proper art, fun. mobile Every, art yeah. craft man. Everyone, eh? everyone had a briefcase with all their stick, all the sponsor stickers because you're always putting stickers on your bike. So um, you, everyone had a briefcase with all the stickers in there, and uh, and all the pre-cut stencils for you for all the numbers like one ever, to ten. Did you ever cut out some flames or something to put on your fenders? No, nah, took it, that yeah, took too no. long. Yeah. Your numbers was <laughs> bad. And oh. why didn't you just rattle can it? Because uh, they didn't have the right green. Oh yeah, because yeah, it was that like, it like was like dark a dark minty, green, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one. <laughs> I'm so yeah. Fuck that. Creatures having flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. I know the one. It wasn't, and everyone used to complain like the US was white for so long, white backgrounds and black. Uh, yeah, because they were switched, eh? Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember what one to five, but yeah, it was, everyone was saying, "Well, the bike come out with white number plates. Why don't just run black numbers?" Yeah. Mm. Oh, so. It was a bit annoying. Times have changed. Yeah, that's so funny. I, I never like, knew that's that's actually cool to know. <clears throat> yeah, well, you're like a millennial baby. Yeah, so and that's I work why. at West Effects now. And it's like, oh, that's where it all. I'm going to go in that. and just ask for one number, eh? Just, can <laughs> Come I get a cut out your own graphics kit up. West <laughs> they still got little rolls of like contact, and Josh is still at West Effects with scissors cutting them. Out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what number <laughs> do you want today, bro? <laughs> just now, you just pay someone to do it, eh? Oh, that's so gold. I love that. That's wicked. Do you have a favorite track, or do you have a favorite race that like? Stands out as, you know, the one that you always like a heated battle or yeah, something. something like that, or or there was like a lead up into it and it probably just- probably the the two biggest heated battles that probably stick out in my mind was uh, probably Manji the ninety uh, four when I lost by a point to the goose yep and so there was myself Kim Askenazi and Jason battling all day. And uh, came down to the last race, um, whoever got first, second or third, that's how you finished. So I was leading the race and – and um, So literally your results in that last moto is how you finished the day. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, that – sorry, I get that wrong. Um, I had to beat Jason Marshall in the final moto and he had to get third. And it was real close. I was leading. Jason was second. Kim Askenazi was third. So I needed Kim to beat. Get him. So of it actually entered my mind to slow down, let him pass, and then take him out. Yes. And, yes. Um, Were but, you guys friends at the time? Uh yeah. He's only a day, actually, a day younger than me. Yeah. Right. Good yeah. enough friends that he shouldn't take yeah. him out. But it um, still crossed his we're mind. St- we were still rivals. <laughs> still coming uh, to the car. We're still rivals. I wouldn't. Uh, actually, when we were kids, I used to go stay at his house in Wanneroo. Yeah. And he had a practice track there, so we'd known known each other a long time. Yeah, we were friends, but you, you know, would still take him out. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, oh, I just couldn't. It's not the way I rode, so yeah, yeah, you enough. know, um, set so was hard to take. And then he doesn't mind taking out three hundred barley spectators, but <laughs> <he might. laughs> yeah. And then oh. the second most, uh, the hardest race comes to memory was the ninety four, uh, the strain titles in um, Trelgan. And oh, that was yeah. that was Team a really good track, yeah, because yeah, it was a bit sandy too, so yeah. it probably suited WA riders. So there was um, it was one day there was uh, three motos, uh, they were twenty or thirty minutes. Uh, it was a five hundred title Australian title. Belly was on the f- uh, five hundred, Askenazi and myself were on two fifties, and we went at it like bar to bar all three motos. And that last race came down to whoever got first again that they finished. That's and it. I remember. We were just the whole three motos uh, passing each other, and um, and I remember coming down the hill and Askenazi just mate, he just nailed me that hard 
and his handlebars ran across the top of my fingers oh. and skinned on my hand. I thought, right, fuck this, I'm I'm out of here. So I just head down, screwed it on, got about a, I think I got about an eight second lead, one lap to go. There was this big rough whoopy section. I thought I'm not buttoning off. Got on a big tank slapper, oh. ran off the track. There was only one, one tire that was buried upright. <laughs> that oh. little barley dude, yeah, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I hit a t- hit that tire, went down. Fuck. Picked the bike up. Um, Askenazi went past. Um, we raced to the finish line and I, he beat me by like half a nobby. Oh. And I nearly cried. I think I threw my helmet on the ground that hard. It snapped in two. But it didn't. But, yeah, it was that was really um, – A hard one to lose. Yeah, that, those two those two events, Manji and that's 500 total. So, yeah, he won. I got second, belly third. So – but second, you know, that means nothing, does it? Really? No, no, no. Especially yeah. after that whole day of just yeah, battling, it was, you know. Yeah, that was, it was just a really tough day. So to throw it away on half a lap to go and then race over the line together uh, and get beat. And that year, actually, um, Kim Askenazi won all three um, championships, 25, yeah. 250 and 500. Jesus. And there's only other, one other guy that's done that, Leesky, in uh, Mackay, I think. And they had all three titles in the weekend. Yeah, right. Fuck. Yeah. So. That's pretty gnarly, eh? It's wild. Uh, yeah. How do you, like, look back at that, though? Do you just go, ah, fuck, like, now nah, sitting here, do you, do you still be like, fuck that tyre? Like, should should uh, take them out? Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of times where I've thought, oh, like, you know, to win that, that 500 title would be nice. Yeah. And just to throw it away like that. But look, lots of guys have thrown. I mean, Leesky would have, you know, to, to lose a 500 world title. 89, uh, running out of fuel in that first moto with, yeah. you know, a, lap, a few laps, two laps to go, three laps to go, that's more heartbreaking because yeah. if he didn't run out of fuel that first moto, he would have won the 500 world title. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you know, big. Yeah, it's so, Bloody oath. So it's always someone worse off. Um, yeah, that's it, yeah. Just, yeah, what are you going to say? I'll just say, uh, inducted into the Motorcycling Hall of Fame. It's a... Uh, be gone, right? Oh yeah, but you know, I, I don't sort of get off on that. It's nice, you know, yep. and it's really nice to be recognised, you know, when you've been around a long time and and so forth. But you know, I don't, I'm not one to hang it up on the wall and show people and stuff. And I don't know. Can I have it? No, I'm yeah, <laughs> I don't know where it is. Are you, are you the type of race that would prefer to have obviously not hit that tire and get that win, then get that? Induction into the Hall of Fame type thing, like you know, the racing is the important I'd thing. I'd rather the, have the, the win, anyway. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, more of a pride racer, yeah. sort yeah. of. Yeah, the accolades so of whatever, cool. It's really nice to be, you know, rewarded for achievements, and you've been around. I've been around a long time, done a lot of racing, but so it is nice, and I really appreciate all the people that put that together. But I, like I say, I've I've never been one to boast about things. I don't like people that show off. Uh, it's one of my turnoffs. So I would say I'm pretty humble. Yep. Don't like talking about, you know, stuff much, racing and that, that much really. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people I don't even say that I've raced. It's not the first thing you see on the wall when you walk into the shop is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't have trophies <laughs> up there or, yeah. you know, memorabilia. Yeah. You know. Well, I guess it's, um, yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like especially like the younger guys and that coming through like that – the younger kids these days don't even really care about the old shit. No. You know what I mean? And that's like, I don't know what it is about it. Like I 
froth on it. Like I love like reading up on like old motos and listening to yeah. these stories and shit. I'm like, fuck, like that's so sick. But like you talk to the younger kids and they're like, oh yeah, Fortnite's sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's just totally different, isn't I, it? I hear, yeah, and I hear a lot of um, a lot of the racing and the friendships um, sort of stopped on the East Coast when the big trucks, you know, the, the semis came in and you got the lights guy um, in there with, you know, they're in there and they're not socialising with a lot of other riders. With yeah, their competitors. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so I did hear that from a lot of friends that used to travel, you know, when, I, when they used to race against me. So, yeah, it's different now, Dale. They said, you know, there's, we had a great time travelling together. It was so cool. And now it's just all business, you know. Yeah. Um, Takes the good, fun aspect away from it. Eh? Yeah, and I think that was the best part was all the friendships I made. And that was the hard part, actually, when I came back. In um, it's part of the reason I went back over east in '96 again because uh, I was pretty lonely back home. I'd been away for uh, eight years, and all my school friends had already been uh, like married with kids. Uh, so when I came back, I actually had no friends left. All my all my friends were over east, so I just bonded with the last eight years. Yeah, right. So um, I'd split up with my girlfriend, who's my wife now. We split up for a couple of years when I came back and I was kind of lost. So that's why I did a lot of races in Indo. I started working with my brother because uh, that's when I said I've got to do something. So I started working with him in his bike shop, Kim Britton Motorcycles, and, you know, he showed me the ropes. And uh, I still did a lot of, like I say, travelling and riding and he was one that always said, you know, you've got to get up and go training today before you come into work. And so um, he gave me heaps of time to, to train um, and it was good for him too because um, it did bring a lot of people into the motocross people into the bike shop in his shop. So yep. um, racing helped, you know, I think a bit of customer service there. And um, But um, so then, yeah, and I thought, well, all my mates are, you know, drifted off and got married. So, yeah, it was kind of hard mentally. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. So. Especially like it's, you got the top national level riders all on, you know, on the radios, driving the vans back from race rounds, you know, chatting and dribbling shit, you know, like that's the kind of shit you get at your local races, you know, your club rounds type thing. It's cool. Like that yeah. would have been such a sick era. It's really good. To yeah. have the top dudes throw that bullshit out the window of, you know, don't look in my race tent, you know, don't look in my semi truck. You can't see what we're doing type thing. And then yeah, yeah. like those are the days where you would have given the guy that's going to be the best chance of beating you a wheel to get, onto the racetrack so he can race you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'd, you'd help your competitor so he could get out there and have an honest battle with you and then you beat him on his on his merits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. such a good <clears throat> good vibe, such a good era. Yeah. Yeah, we'd have, you know, we'd have anywhere from two to six, eight high aces, you know, nose to tail, just convoying back, you know. Key bangers for ban- days. Yeah. <laughs> Banter on the CB. A few of the boys, including myself, we had big PA systems under the, under the, um, under the van. So when you're flying through towns, you yell and abuse at everyone, <laughs> screaming out, screaming out the chicks. So, oh, yes. like, you know, you go for these little towns just nonstop. So that's gold. I yeah. love that. Well, yeah, times haven't changed. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the guys rolled his van. What's the only time we've seen an accident was coming back from a supercross up in Queensland. We were driving back to Sydney and about three in the morning, um, uh, Paul, um, I can't remember his name now, 
he was just got his license and um, we went down this big um, trough valley, came back out and then we said, oh, has anyone seen blah, blah, and he was in front of one bloke and anyway, we all worked out. We didn't know where he was. We turned around and he'd, he'd fell asleep. Oh, and, um, fuck. Because, you know, the guys used to, when our vans used to put the bed behind the driver's seats. Yeah, yeah. So Side when you're doing long seat. trips, you could just have a bit of a snooze. So he had a guy called uh, Stacey Alderman. He was a Kiwi guy doing some supercross races over here. So he had three bikes in the back, um, three guy, three bikes, three guys. He'd ran off the road, went down a dip, hit this big tabletop, um, flew through the air, <laughs> rolled the van, Destroyed the van. Bikes came out the van. Oh, like shit. Were they all good? Stacey broke his collarbone. Oh. Yeah, no one died. Fuck. Went back um, and that's one of the boys that was driving the Peter Jackson truck then. Uh, yeah, we three or four in the morning unloaded, loaded everyone's vans up with bits and bobs and bikes and, uh, yeah, that was just, yeah, total, just his van was. Just yeah. gone. Yeah. So that was pretty hairy. That's the only crash um, that we've seen on the whole whole trip over the, the years I was over there. That'd be wild, eh? It's pretty gnarly, yeah. Yeah, it's a gnarly one to see. When you come back around the hill, like, did you see the van or wrecks? Someone saw it. Like, he he was still down this big sort of bit of a car park, and um, and it was mist. It was foggy, so um, it was only that one one guy saw the van on its side, like you know, fifty meters off the road. Shit. So that was pretty gnarly. That's next level, eh? Yeah, and if it was foggy, and that would have been easy to miss. Imagine if someone yeah, missed didn't that, even notice. Yeah, that's why. Man, you got all the way back to Sydney, eh? Well, yeah. where's, <laughs> where's old mate? Yeah. Oh, bro, he's <laughs> stuck ass. <laughs> yeah, well, he was already off the road, rolled, and we were still going, some guys were going past and yeah, didn't see Yeah, right. fucking hell. Yeah. So. It's pretty crazy, eh? Do you, yeah. um, when you're, for everyone that doesn't know, obviously you've got a dealership in that, do you ever get like, old school people that used to race come in and just like want to chat shit. Have a yarn. Because yeah. I would be that yeah. guy. I would be like, oi, fuck. Still, uh, still happens a bit. Um, the guys, you know, come in and say, oh, I used to watch your race here and there and stuff. And That'd suppose, be kind of cool though, eh? Yeah. Um, I don't look, know. Look back at stuff and kind of be like, oh, yeah, sick. Uh, it's nice that they mention it. Yep. You know, like some guys say, you know, I still love watching your ride and stuff. So it's nice that they mention it, but – Again, I don't really like talking about it that much. Yeah, you know, because what do you say? You know, I just yeah, I know you can't. Yeah, you can't build yourself up. I'm just an old guy now. Yeah, yeah. It's my time's gone. It's all the new guys now. Your Duffies and all them. You know. Yeah, it's their time to. So I'm just an old guy that you know. Like I said, you're only you're only a champion on that weekend or that era. Yep. And then you're quickly forgotten. Yeah. So how did you transfer over to getting that your dealership? Uh, was it for your brother or something? Or no? Well, we. It's funny because we're best of mates, and he helped me a lot through my career. Um, and then I started working to him, and we 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 banged heads a fair bit. Yep. And he was, um, you know, he was new to it. He's a go getter, so he was uh, probably stressed a lot, you know, trying to build his own business up and with no, you know started from nothing. So um, we butted heads a lot, and you know, he's he was like a workaholic and. I was just a laid-back dirt bike rider. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> As you are. Yep. Fuck, man. I Thanks. feel you. <laughs> Don't tell me to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Relax, man. What's Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what's everyone in a hurry for? So um, anyway, uh, so we did butt heads and then a few times I just got my car and left and he's like, where are you? I said, well, you can stick your job up your ass, you know. <laughs> so uh, it kind of probably after about four years or five years, it came to a stage where something had to happen we couldn't work together anymore. 
So he had bought the premises where I am now and uh, we opened a dealership together and, um, yeah, and, um, well, it was actually three of us, my brother Kim, my brother-in-law, um, and myself, so we all went three ways and then we opened the shop in Mandra, the Honda shop, which my brother-in-law and my sister took, uh, they ran that one and then we all sort of went our own ways. But Kim and I stayed in business as partners together in Perth for, I don't know, probably 12, 13 years and then I bought him out and just do it myself. Yep. Yeah. So no, and awesome. we and we're, we're best of mates. We talk every day. That's great. Yeah. Oh, I was wondering yeah. what happened there when you were like, oh, nah, fuck. as yeah. soon as we did, as soon as we um didn't work together, look now we could. That's, yeah. that's such a common thing though, isn't it? Yeah, I think after I matured and ran that show for a while, uh, we probably could have worked together again. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, we're best mates. We've we've done lots of things. We've ever travelled together, and uh, we talk every day. So no, uh, we're buddies. Yeah. Good strong bond. Yeah. Nice. So. You've obviously had Honda the whole time. No, I started out with uh, used, just used bikes. Yep. Because when I moved up there, all the other brands were there uh, in that Causeway Centre. Yeah, there was yeah. Honda, Cowie. and yeah, yep. and they're all mum and dad owner operated businesses. So, yep. um, the building my brother actually bought was the old BMW building called Mott's Motorcycles. Yep. Um, so Pat Mulroney, uh, the old boy that owned it, he retired. So my brother Kim bought the building. We moved into that. Just started with used because all the brands were there. And then I took on the Hisung, the Korean brand, yeah. um, for about five or six, seven years. That went pretty well and slowed up. So What year was that? Uh, about 05, 06. Started yeah. there in 01. About 05, 06 started the Hisungs and used. And then, then we did pit bikes and, you know, a few Chinese dirt bikes and stuff. And then got rid of all them after many years. And then, um, and then Causeway Honda, he – um, pretty much lost his uh, – Honda only gave him one year left on his franchise agreement in uh, end of 2012. He was all over and they appointed me. So I done – then Honda and then KDM came along because um, – Was that awkward, the shop moving two, two shops up? Nah, because um, – Easy, bro. Yeah. yeah Getting uh, the wheelbarrow out, parts are in there straight down. Nah, yeah, well, you weren't those bikes up, man. <laughs> yeah, because I think I was – I brought the Cowies from Causeway Cowie and I can't remember when – I remember the higher song shop. Yeah. Um, he No one really liked the owner of Causeway Honda. Won't mention names. So yeah. no love loss. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, it's pretty much why I lost it anyway. Yeah, yeah. jeopardising the brand. Did, I think he'd done his days with Hardware, Honda. Yeah. So see you later. Next. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so – and, yeah, obviously still got Honda, got KDM. It's all good, good brands. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's hard work. Uh, uh, you know, would, it, yeah, yeah, it would be. Just yeah. dealing with people, eh? Just yeah. in general. Just in general, <laughs> yeah. eh? Just people. Yeah. Yeah, it's taken me six months to get here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and especially at the moment, well, la- definitely in the last year or so, with shortage of bikes <clears throat> and stuff and, you know, you probably could have sold double what you have. And Yeah, I think ev- everyone gnarly, could have, though. Yeah, look, everyone's I – th- I think, you know, you've got to be a slow learner if you haven't done well in the last two year and a half, two years yeah. since COVID. Uh, everyone's had a good run. Yeah. Um, been a lot of new people buy bikes. Yep. I've noticed a lot of younger crew coming and buying dirt bikes because um, I think we lost that for a while. Definitely. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, so not only off-road but road. So there's been a lot of newcomers, which is really healthy for motorcycling. Well, like your lambs and yeah, all that. Yep. Yep. You know, because every year you see the numbers of motorcycle sales in Australia have diminished 
So what do you mean, uh, like over worldwide. the last decade or what it like? Did yeah, every year the numbers drop. Even yep. worldwide, US have had a, um, I believe, have suffered as well. And um, the best thing Harley did was bring out that Stasic. Because yep. I, th- I heard they did a survey and, you know, to the younger population in the US and said, you know, about Harleys, what do you think? And they'd said, well, this is all do dry them, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, they say that a lot of the mum and dads, so, you know, 50, 60-year-olds are not bringing their kids into dirt bikes or motorbikes in general, road bikes. So a lot of the bikes that are getting turned over are to the older generation. Yeah. So, you know, the younger generation is into fashion and travel and so forth, tech. So Fortnite. Yeah, so um, I think that was – the, the Stasic idea was uh, really good with an electric um, bike, um, yeah. balance bike. So it's going to put either, you know, mountain bikes or some sort of off-road bike into that kid's head from an early age. And I feel like that's a healthy thing. Like uh, it's – fuck, we've talked about this heaps, but I feel like the kids, you know, whether it's school or whatever, they they kind of don't – you know, as a kid, all I wanted to do was ride a bike. Didn't and, we? Yeah, that's all we wanted. Yeah. Like my kids, they fucking love ride, like just bikes. They love watching it. They love being around it. They love touching it. And it's like I couldn't imagine a kid that didn't like bikes or cars or something. Especially these days. Yeah, yeah. Mate, you never rode a YZ100. Yeah, I don't think or, I want to or now. A YZ, <laughs> or a YZ490. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but like like the Stasic thing, I think that's so sick because – um, especially for you guys, you know, you're going to get three-year-olds into your shop and, you know, hopefully you're going to have that three-year-old from then until 33 and then they have kids and then, you know, it, it yeah. just, it's a knock-on effect, isn't it? And the it? good thing is um, if the dad rides an, a, an off-road bike, he can – it fa- becomes a family ordeal then. Yeah. He's not gone all weekend, wife gets pissed off, kids, kids – she's stuck with the kids. All of a sudden they can go riding together, yep. camping and um, and have a fun weekend out of it. So uh, that's also, I think, really important. Yeah, definitely, you know, It's a family yeah. affair. Yeah. Well, I got Scarlett a little Stasic for her first birthday. Like, Can I borrow that? Carter needs it, I reckon. Eh? Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, she, I think she's about <laughs> probably eight months off being able to use it. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't nah, see why It's not. definitely good, like – because you do see that, you see the dads go off. Well, I'm real bad for it. You know, I go off race on the weekend, come home, and like Kel's had the kids when if we had a Stasic and you know at the motocross or off road races, they had a little circle. You know, you could let the little f- well, yeah. Diz, Diz is the best for you know they take the His caravan, go race, boy. and then they just oh, make boy. a figure eight around the caravan. Yep. Yeah, they're sitting there having a few froths and on the side. That's how night. it should be. Yeah, you know, definitely. That's, and that's what we did when I was a kid. I had th- the three older brothers. And a sister, she didn't ride, but we went camping. The old man would load us all up in the combi and the trailer and we'd camp at Northam, you know, um, heaps of people camped and rode basically back to the old days. Yeah. I mean, when I did that ride this last year at Brookton or whatever it was. Yeah, the natural train. Yeah. I wasn't there, but I heard that you fucking waxed everyone. <laughs> no, but it was – I couldn't believe how many people camped and the, and the nice cars, the nice trailers and – you know, everything was flash. It was, it was, it was actually, you know, it was really cool to see. Yeah. Like um, that many people making the effort and going riding, and it was really cool. Yeah, and Enjoy. I feel like, um, as a positive side of like all the COVID shit. Obviously, we don't want to talk about that too much, but I feel like because people aren't spunking money up the wall, going traveling and doing all this and that, they've actually got closer with their family. Like I see heaps, oh, yeah. big time, heaps 100%. of junior families that I coach. You know, they've all got like caravans now and yeah, they're yep. 
they want to go to the track on like a th- Friday, like this weekend. They're going down Friday morning to get a good spot. And it's like, all right, sick. They're there Friday now. The kids are going to be riding BMXs around. And then they're going to race Saturday. And then because it's a double header, yeah. they're going to stay Sunday. And then it's sick. You Making know? the race weekend their little staycation. Holiday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we're doing with the downhill this year because we can't travel. So, yeah. well, seven rounds, we'll just go on seven little holidays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, it gives the kids, instead of racing, the Sunday and staying at hotels and, you know, if you're staying at a hotel and you're a 14 year old kid, you're going to go out and cause a ruckus, you know, wherever you're yeah. at the track, you're with your mates and you're carrying on. And, yeah. and it does those like those skills, like building friendships and stuff like that. Like going just to another group of, you know, five, six year old kids and just riding Stasics together or playing with sticks and stuff like that. It's yeah. just such a healthy yeah. thing. Yeah, definitely. So good. Frothing it. Yeah, that's definitely would be an upside to the sport. Would you say yeah, in WA yep. at the moment? It's yeah, definitely no, it's um, it's really juvenile the off road scene. Definitely, I've never seen so many guys coming by dirt bikes and motocross gear. And you know, the entire time I've been there, twenty this is my twenty first year coming up in the Causeway Centre there, and um, I've never carried so much dirt bike gear on the shelves. You want some more? No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk well, later. No. <laughs> Got a good uh, supply of levers or. Nah, he's probably sold out from you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> every every bike shop in Perth, eh? Just, yeah. Whoever's got stock of levers, I'll take. If they're on back order, right? Eh? Yeah. yeah. Um, what would your – so after, like, everything you've done, um, like, for younger generations or kids of the sport, their dads are probably listening. Like, what would your advice be to them to keep their kids going, keep them energised about the sport, uh, enthusiastic about the sport. Like, how would what would your advice be to them? I get a one well, at one hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, should find one of those. Um, <laughs> oh, look, if they're into it, if they really want to ride and be successful, they've got to do a lot of laps. Yeah, you can't you can't train once a week and then roll up on, on the weekend on a fast bike because they're fast these days and ride a rough track. You know, you're going to get hurt. Look how fast those four fifties are now, creature. I won't ride one. I'm not. I'm not fit strong enough. You've been riding for years. How fast they are? They are fast, yeah. Yeah. So creature rides up a gear though. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> but, the KDMs are fast. Yeah, but it's easier to say than do because everyone's working, they're busy, and it's hard to take the kid. Their kids riding all the time. But yeah, look. Um, I just think yeah the the biggest thing that helped me was um just repetition laps. repetition just got to keep doing laps yeah keep standing up keep doing laps yeah and, uh, i love that yeah and uh and then the speed the smoothness will come but um yeah like i say it's i just feel sorry for when i see kids struggle out there but they're not riding enough yeah and i would not even my brother's probably a prime example um he didn't have the time to take his kids riding all the time so he pulled them out because you know the dangers involved yeah you know if i had boys you know it's like any, and it's a dangerous sport, but it's probably the best sport in the world. Oh, definitely. Uh, it's you can't get anything more, more adrenaline rush than riding a dirt, flying through the air on a dirt bike. Yeah, and like the discipline of it, you know, like you said, uh, going to live with Leeski, you know, you got to learn how to train and run and cycle, yeah. and does know, develop good put, life skills. Put yourself yeah. through the hurt locker, you know, and you know now pushing all those pens that you do. No, <laughs> I wouldn't like to. I wouldn't like to do it like I did it again. You know, bones your ass, um, you know, every weekend just trying to – first four five, four years, you know, just trying to make enough money to get the next meeting and feed yourself. But I suppose I didn't care so much then 
because I feel like as a young fella, like you don't like yeah, you don't care. It was like oh, that's was, almost part of it. Yeah, like yeah. when I was racing, I racing that man. I fucking loved it. I was like, yeah, it's tough and it's shit at times, but embrace like the you van said, life. You, you know, you make friends and then you're staying at their house. You're having a shower and it's sick. But yeah, like when you can't like when I look <clears> back at it, I reckon it's sick, man. Like especially like hunting the tracks you talked about, and that would meet you'd introduce yourself to a new person because they've got a track that you want to ride yeah, yeah and then that's just a new ally and a new place to stay and like yeah. you, you I do guess build it's up a lot easier these days because socials you, you just message them yeah <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah that yeah that's pretty wild a lot of cool parents met over the years that's good yeah but you know it's not i suppose in one way it probably uh psychologically makes you drive harder because you know you've got to work hard to get the results where if you rolled up now and you had a, your parents had a shit ton of money um Sometimes you can go whatever because yeah, it doesn't it's matter. Handed, yeah, it's all handed to you. Yeah, yeah. You got all the all the good bikes, the the vans, you know, the trucks. So, but you haven't sacrificed to make yeah. make the so, need. Do you yeah. ever see that in cringe? Like, uh, probably not. No, nah, not really. You too much. No, nah, because problem. you know, if I had, well, I've got girls, three girls, so they play footy and so forth. Um, instead of, I mean, they love their dirt bikes, but. It's hard to do everything. Yeah, yeah. The amount of time you you got left in retail hours, but um, if I had boys and they wanted to ride dirt bikes, I would have to. I would put everything into them because uh, I know the effort to take, and you'd want your boy to win. Yeah, especially if you've oh. done it on a on a level. You want to adopt Creechy? I would. Hey, adopt Creechy. Oh man, yeah. Because I'm like Carter's not racing. There's no way, but he's obsessed with it, and I'm like I know. Exactly what's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. And my, his mum's hard, hard, like. And my opinion is, yeah, if your boy loves it, you got you want to make him good because, like I said, you can't just let him go riding once a week and then roll up at a race meeting. He's going to hurt himself. Can we cut this bit and not tell Kel? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's like, if he's shit, he's not racing. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably going to send you broke in the meantime. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, nah, it's good though, isn't it? It's. Uh, do you see yourself having any sort of teams or uh, helping anyone out? Well, you obviously have a heap of people that represent your shop, but yeah, um, it just gets a bit harder. Yeah, it does. And, um, you know, I stopped riding for a lot of years because uh, as my girls grew up and doing three sports, you know, your netball, your basketball, footy, um, I want to be there and watch them. Yeah, definitely. I don't want, you know, if I go riding all weekend, uh, which I would, would have loved to, then I get home and you can't take that back. Yeah. What you miss out on. So, uh, and it goes like that. You know, my girls are 16. 19 and 23 now. Yeah, right. So it's gone that fast that I'm glad I sacrificed my time, my ride time to see them because, you know. And you've put so much into it already. It's not like you're. Yeah. It's not I as feel l- like for someone like you, you know, you've been there, you've done it. You've you achieved so much. It's it's probably nice just to then w- see your daughters. Yeah. And, and spend, put some time into them. Type yeah. Thing. Uh, it would be nice to go and wax dizzy though, eh? <laughs> no, you always, I think some. If I was to race again, though, I've always said this to myself, you know, as you get older, I would I would only race if I was going to be, like, put everything into it and be fit, strong and mentally uh, happy with the way I feel. Yeah, Because yeah. I don't want to get hurt again. You know, you don't want to get hurt generally, but, yeah. you know, um, it's easy to. So if you did come back and race, would it be hard for you to just go, all right, I'm going to go out there, have fun and get eighth place? Or would you just go... I'm oh. fucking going in and I'm fucking Depends winning. what class you ride and you've got to be happy for the class you enter and what 
yeah, you'll yeah. be happy for what you. So if you come. tack me out an MX1 next year, we've got some <laughs> no, dramas there. Eh? Yeah. I'm too old now. I just, I'm happy to just go to Beverly or Northern, do a few laps. and yeah, it's, it's, it's not know. jumping on a 450. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, so, you're sweet. <laughs> but, you know, you got to remember, you, you get older and, you know, your body. wiser. Yeah, and your body gets, your body's not sharp, you know. And so, work's there Monday. Yeah. So yeah. I think as you get older, you've done that. You don't want to race. I've been there, done that. It's a big effort. Um, you just enjoy some laps and and just enjoy just how riding, good these yeah. bikes are now to, to yeah, ride. Definitely. You know, they're so nice to ride. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not interested in, um, yeah, competition really. No, fair enough. Because mm. so, you were getting up to uh, Woodridge a little bit with Justin, weren't oh, you? Oh, no, I went you, once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He said you waxed him. <laughs> yeah, went once. But the, the annoying part is when you do ride and you get tired super fast, you know. Yeah, it would That's be annoying because yeah. you don't forget how to do it. Uh, your reactions are a bit slower. Yep. But when you start getting tired and you feel really Fatigued, bad, yeah, yeah, it's that that's the part I hate. Yep. So, you know, if, I'd rather be able to put 15 minutes together or 20 minutes together and feel pretty strong than, than doing three or four laps and just cooked. Would yep. you um, just go trail riding? Yeah, I did a lot of – did a few enduros for a while. When, yes. I, when, I, um, when I came back in like 94, 5 – when I finished over East in 97, uh, I did – Local in 98, 99, 2000. I started doing a few enduros. Yeah. Uh, Des Noble and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, loved it. Like It's ro- good, eh? Riding in the bush is killer. Oh, I it's, love it. It's really good, yeah. Can't beat Grimway. I, I love him, yeah. Yeah, I could I could ride um, ride in the bush easy as much as not more than motocross. Yeah, I'm the same. I actually – It's really good fun. Yeah. And and it, everything's different. You're not, you're, not, you're not working your ass off around, say – a rough coastal track, you know, lap after lap, killing yourself at an older age. You can, you ride through some beautiful scenery down south, oh, and, and it's all different. Up in the hills, yeah, yeah, and it's just relaxing the boys. Those, you know, like the EXCs, the so cool, oh, so cool. Oh, yeah, stop it. Great bike. I ride. love enduro. Eh? Yeah. Would you? Do you reckon that if you <clears throat> rode a bit more enduro for your career, but you would have lasted longer in moto? Like wanted to ride more. If I'd rode more enduro, yeah. Uh, or you think the crossover was too big back then? No, I yeah, I was like one stage. I thought about doing some road racing, but I didn't want to. I'd got to a certain level of motocross. So I thought I don't want to start now at the ba- at the bottom of road racing and try and build up results and sponsorships. I thought, yeah, yeah. So I might as well just stick to what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but now while while I was while you put everything into motocross, it's hard to go out and do enduro. Yeah. You know, like you don't have the time if you're pumping motos all week. And then you don't want to call your sponsors and say that you've hit a fucking tree and break your collarbone. Yeah. Because you would get in trouble for that. But back then when you're racing, you, you didn't, I didn't even think about enduros, you know, and r- even when I was young, when I was living over east, I think there was a bit of a rivalry, you know, you know, enduro riders are this. Oh man, and, it still is. It still is. is like, yeah. 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 Well, so, I only did enduro from 2020 when COVID hit just because I was meant to race nationals and I got, obviously it didn't happen and I was so sick of it and, it's like you said, sick of doing laps, and my mate was like, "Oh, let's go for a trail ride," and I was like, "Fuck, this is sick." Yeah, it wasn't until I started where at the end of racing where I could enjoy. It. I thought, "How cool is this? Yeah. Oh, I love this." You're on the bike, can't beat a headlight, softer suspension through the <laughs> yeah. trees. Yeah, the pub for lunch. How good's that? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's, you, you know, and the good thing is, um, just casually riding enduro, you don't have to be on it. Yeah, yeah, as fit or sharp, you know. Uh, well, sharp, yes, but you don't have to be physically as fit as pumping yourself around a motocross track. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's a bit more relaxing physically and mentally. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So no, I really enjoy it. I um, wish I had more time to do it. 
Yeah. And I reckon I'm doing a few laps in the last few years on the dirt bike, but I reckon uh, when I stop riding the dirt bike, I'll 100% go straight back on a Jura bike. Yeah. yeah. EXC 450. Big EXC, eh? Yeah. They're good, man, honestly. Like yeah. my Jura bike, I love it. Like I rode it. <clears throat> oh, I should be training motocross, really, but last two weeks I've just been full Enduro bandit. And and it's you know those things straight out of the box, pretty incredible. Unreal, yeah. yeah. I see where they get, you know, and I do say to some customers where they live on that slogan, ready to race, mate. Straight out of the box, you can win races on those things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm not just saying that because I sell them, but they're a good bike. Yeah. Like, well, it's a proven bike, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yep. Even before I was a dealer, you know, I rode them. I've been riding the KDM since '98. Even when I've had had other brands. I've been riding um, the motocross and enduro bikes for a long time. Had heaps yeah. of five. Yeah, fantastic. Quality. Yeah. yeah. You got anything else, boys? No, I um, worked through our list of uh, bits and bobs here. You got anything else you'd like to add? Oh, not really. There's probably a lot there's of There's so much stuff, I'm sure. That yeah, there is, and there's heaps there's, of stories. There's so much stuff. to hear. Yeah, right? that probably should We have to have an yeah. episode two, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stories, actually. When I lived in- Load um, him up with booze, though. Yeah, when well, I lived in uh, down in Melbourne one year in uh, Bacchus Marsh, which yeah, was just yeah, a yeah. country town back in like 89, I uh, lived with a racer, Dean Burt, and um, Stephen Andrew was another good friend. He was in Geelong, which was about 45 minutes away. And, yeah, there was a, there was a night we left the Mooningong pub and ended up um, – the van was stuck in a paddock. I don't know. We, we had some girls in the back of the Yeah. We'd met that night. And anyway, we didn't realise we were stuck in the middle of this farmer's paddock. We walked about four hours um, across up and down mountains, electric fences, um, got back home, found the van the next day, this little red dot out in the middle of nowhere, had to pay a farmer 20 bucks to tow us out of his property and girls were crying on the way home. We're like, shut up, uh, you know, keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, things like that was uh, pretty funny times. And, uh, yeah, Stephen Andrew, he was uh, he was a – I don't know if you ever remember that guy, wild rider, one birds uh, at Supercross, yeah. Like uh, extremely good rider, uh, he was a pretty crazy guy on the circuit. It was yeah, a lot of fun, sick. yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's lots of lots of good stories like a lot of guys have, and like say because it was probably a bit more relaxed in a way. Everyone hung out together. There was always just some, funny stories. I yeah. guess every week, like yep. there would be endless and the odd racer chases yep. walking for four hours. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine like trying that conversation. Dedicated. Like, wait, babe, it's literally just up here. Yeah, <laughs> like um, three hours later. Like, oh yeah, was, where are you taking us? <laughs> Nah, so that's we never heard from them again. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I knew their names, actually. <laughs> You're oh, in trouble. Yeah. You better cut this yeah. one out. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah. that's awesome, mate. Yeah, but anyway, thanks, guys, for uh, having me on. Uh, I know it's been a little while, but, yeah, it's good to have a chat. It's good to catch up on some old uh, memories. Yeah, yeah, I've been, uh, honestly, I've been fucking keen as. Because yeah, I called awesome. you ages ago, remember? Yeah, fucking I think it was long before time. Christmas, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was fucking so keen. Um, yeah, and I was always going to call you up, but, uh, you know, you just get so busy at work. Oh, and definitely, then yeah. I felt Well, bad, that's what we so. spoke about earlier. Like, when we, you know, we're, we're finding how hard it is with scheduling and life, and especially when you start getting to this point in the year and now race season starts. Yeah. It's wild. It's like trying to – Yeah, fun. it's insane. Yeah. So, nah, we appreciate you making the time. Yeah, it's uh, an honour to have you on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wicked. It's yeah. been great. And thank you so much. Um, we'll get you loaded up and we'll, we'll, we'll have a um, – Thailand and Bali special. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in Bali. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? That would be opening. unreal, yeah. 
Yeah. Are you paying? Yeah. Sick. <laughs> All, right, All right. Thanks a lot, boys. Nah, thanks, cheers, mate. mate. Thank cheers. you. Cheers. Uh, catch us on the next one.